Hi everyone and welcome to The One One. I'm BJ Ryan. Episode 101 is proudly sponsored by Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. Here, 11HQ for uh, our Listia Stakes preview edition of your West Australian Racing Podcast alongside the Perth Racing Guru, Terry Layton, as always. Go, Terry. Good uh, afternoon, BJ. Later start today. Mm. It's funny when you get to... Uh a guest of this ilk, <laughs> a guest of this ilk, give you a spell. Uh, a guest of this ilk, and you, you change your recording hours. That's what you do when you get um, a top liner in, don't you? You shuffle I am the keeping decks. It. Yeah, you yeah. shuffle the decks. I'm definitely keeping a straight face while I say this, but uh, who am I talking about? Well, the one, the only, Brad Bet. Brad McManus from Tab Touch. Welcome, mate. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good afternoon, gents. Um, so obviously no stable hands available. No um, <laughs> no fourteen-year-old tipsters. No no member of the Taylor family. <laughs> you you run out of guests, and finally you go. Oh, well, he's he's sitting outside anyway, <laughs> going through the rubbish bin. So um, we'll get him in. Well, I think I think uh, people, he's off to a flyer too. People just need to get to know uh, Brad. I mean, we speak about him often on the show. He, um, we speak glowingly, really, about him the majority of the time. Um, and they're probably everyone just thinking, who is, who is Brad McManus? Mm. Um, and I think with being the podcast of the people, we thought we'd be doing a service to the industry and to the listeners by <laughs> working out who is Brad McManus and uh, just getting to know him a little bit better. I'm assuming these haven't been turned on yet. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is dreadful stuff. <laughs> Now, Brad, of course, you are the market maker for TapTouch. That was one of your roles. I imagine your uh, other responsibilities are are significant as well, but we know you- Spending hours coming up with a witty tweet once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, elite elite Twitter uh, uh, content from uh, from Brad McManus. But yeah, we know you uh, mostly through providing your, your first out for the Metropolitan West Australian Saturday meeting. Yep. yep. And um, feature country cups and whatnot on um, the country. <laughs> most features, yeah. Yeah, yeah. most features, yeah. Uh, it must be said that to have the, the local uh, fixed odds going up first is is huge for uh, for uh, for West Australia. Mm-hmm. And you're the man who uh, puts puts his opinion and his head on the chopping block week in, week out. Very, very brave to go up early, especially with, with some sharks floating around amongst uh, the local punting public. But, Brad, how do you do it? Uh, you want to just give a quick outline of your role and maybe just a bit of a background as to how you landed in the position. That how did you, you get into racing? Yeah. How did you get into racing? racing? had uh, a few mates that enjoyed a punt, like, um, like everyone else. Like you're, you're in a sporting club and you, you get involved and you go, well, you might fluke a winner with your first couple of bets and go, how easy is this caper? Mm. You're saying I can, I can back 10 to 1 winners every Saturday? And that first one rides you out for the next 40 years of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I love the numbers behind it. So I got into, um, in through Betting West, which is, uh, it only lasted a short time, but it was an all star lineup. Had Ian Linton working there. Uh, Wade and Ear. Creating markets too. Wade and Ear, rest in peace. Ben Pamati was there. Um, Trent Cooper was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, was, yeah, really a few other guys as well. Probably so, a bit ahead of its time, actually, Betting West, wasn't it? Yeah, probably what? Yeah. Last really long, yeah. Yeah. Don't even remember that. How long ago was that? 2008-ish. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was just um, basically an entry entry level because I loved it and, and wanted to get involved and obviously learned so much from those guys and the, the love the love for the whole bookmaking side of things, but doing the form and that stemmed from there. 
Is your favourite part getting mentions about how you cooked a price on the podcast or the yeah, West or? Yeah, I, I used to take that really badly, but uh, <laughs> getting slightly better at that now. It's a um, it's a stressful caper when you cook one, that's for sure. Which unfortunately for me seems to be weekly. Jeez, well, yeah. The thing is, though, you can you can cook one, and we all we all see it when uh, when I take four bucks about something and it jumps at eleven dollars betfair and runs dead last. It's uh, it's not like the whole world got to see that I took the four bucks about it. So it's a really easy caper for us punters out there. We can. Um, throw the punches, and we very rarely receive them. I get the impression you're an Iron Man, though, Brad, and you- you've, An you've, Iron Man? I. Oh, okay. Iron Man. What is an eye? Trevor Hendy over here. Deary <laughs> <laughs> me. What are your ears painted on, mate? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be barbs for two hours, isn't uh, it? So you, um, I get talk, talking to you, talking racing with you um, over the journey. I uh, feel like you're more of an Iron Man. You tr- trust your judgment. You- uh, have uh, opinion and which is great. Um, I think recently you might have moved into some more of the analytical so- side of things with some of the numbers stuff. But tell me, how do you do? How do you do your form? And um, any pointers out there for people who who want to start making markets? We have we get lots of questions from potential market makers. Where do we start? How do we go about it? How often do you buy new darts? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can do it so many different ways. I, the first thing I'd say to people is. Practice, I suppose, like, and but learn to do them. If even if you are a data, data guy, which I understand because it, it does stand up time mm-hmm. after time. But if you aren't, um, learn to do a market without it, because you're not going to. You ask people and they get sheepish and they go, yeah. "I don't want to. I've no interest in doing. Why would I do that? This three dollars looks enough, and I'll just keep punting like that." Mm-hmm. So, oh, if you ever want to have a crack, practice is the only way. You're going to cook plenty. We all do, but um, it's all about being right more than you are wrong long term. Exactly right. I think we had Scotty. We had Scotty Emron a while ago, and he said uh, the way I make money will be different to how you make money. Is different to how the next bloke makes money. It's different to how everyone does it. And some people, um, like I battled when I first got the data, and you know, this I've spoke about in depth. We've talked about this, and I just absolutely battled. Tried to use it too much. Tried to use it as my sort of point of reference rather than what I'd done in the past. And um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things you can learn, isn't it? It's find out what works for you. And but yeah, practice. That's the thing. It can take it can take a fair while and, to um, uh, to hone. Rep- Reps, yeah, yeah you got to yeah. get the reps up. Don't and um, minute changes, not not massive ones. But the um, Alistair Clarkson saying of it, it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. So uh, I don't mind that. Yeah, what are you? What are you and Alistair matters. Clarkson have in common? You reckon? Very small egotistical. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, there's a lot of Alistair. Premiership Clarkson, Premiership coach. Premiership coach of a fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, Brad. So we've had Pete, um, Pete McCormick on bookmaker. He does an eighty percent market. He does a one hundred twenty percent market. What do you What do you do before you release your say for argument's sake? Before you released your Listia stakes market, mm. um, you did uh, the Listia and the Freetha on the Wednesday, Wednesday. Yep. and you released the remainder of the card first thing this morning. Yep. Just what's your processes leading up to them? The odds you press and go on the odds being populated. Very um. So it's not too dissimilar to how Terry talks about it or, or even how you talk about mm-hmm. it. You, you break down the race, you look at the conditions, who's suited, who's not, who's ready, um, do the do the changes where they are in the prep, um, changes in weights, changes in jockey, changes in conditions. Um, have a quick look through the notes of the previous starts, very quick look because you only got so much time. Mm-hmm. Do your speed map, rank them, do your 95-ish percent market and then for us do our um, 130 from there. Mm-hmm. Have you found yourself rushed in like recent weeks? You've always been the first one up for the features at about two o'clock on a on a Wednesday Arvo, and we're seeing Green Tab and well, it's mainly Green Tab, I think, that are rolling up at bloody. I think they went up at midday, 
in, in a recent week. week. I'm like, it's dearie, man. And you talk about wanting to have the time to analyse it properly. You, you've only got final field at 10.30, 11 o'clock, so you've got an hour to, to whack up a market, which people are going to be betting X amount of dollars on it. Do you do um, a market off norms? Oh, well, futures, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, we'll get to the futures. Yeah. But, so, but in order for you to be ready for that, like what Terry You can start said, preparing. Like, preparing like, even because yeah. even I want to create my market before mm. Brad's up, I want yeah. to be ready. Because once you see a market, you're influenced mentally and you're Absolutely. cooked. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I want to be ready before before Brad goes up or before anyone goes up, to be honest. And, um, yeah, you feel yourself rushing. But the thing, I mean, you can do is see the noms and do some replays of the horses that you need to see the things of. And then you can do your speed map and stuff once mm. the final field's been declared. Yeah, I think that the fields are basically out at 11 yeah. o'clock. So you get some time. But I'm... Um, yeah, people are creatures of habit. I I prefer to have that race book in front of me to mm. um to work off because, it, and if you don't, it makes it a, a little bit tougher. But you know, you just gotta you just gotta do it. So. We need Jr. to sharpen up a little bit. He's the man that does the race books. I feel like they're coming out a little bit too late. So Jr., if we can get the race books pop at eleven thirty a.m. instead of about one p.m., mate, that'd be tremendous. Yeah, get onto it, Jr. Thanks, hey, thanks uh, Jim. <laughs> thanks, Jimbo. Hey, Brad, is it just so? Is it just the sad days that you? Do in the feature cards? What would mostly what, yeah. we, we've experimented with other cards. It's not um, time doesn't really allow yeah. for it, and it's yeah. not um, exactly cost effective in regards to to the role, etc. Either. But I, I get why. So you wanted to do? You wanted to take this on? Was this your idea to to? Or because you could have just easily to do what you do with the other with the Wednesdays and Thursdays and the Sundays, though. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. Um, well, I was at the stage where I was just, I know Ben Pamati from the past and was looking for a change and um, got in contact with him and actually got in contact with him asking about Kalgoorlie because I didn't think my Perth markets were that uh, were that flash, mm -hmm. which uh, Terry would agree with. And um, and he said, oh, well, you know, how about Perth instead of Cal? And it sort of went from there. It was always uh, a case they were going up at 8 o'clock Thursday morning before I started. It's mm -hmm. just the prices were, um, well, they were somewhat more wayward at that, that stage. That was wild yeah. stuff. Yeah, that was bloody trying to. Get on any way you possibly could. It was, um, yeah, there was some wild stuff. I think even bef a bit before you even. I might. I don't know if there was somebody in between. Um, no, King Glitz, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Like some of those, though, like, and I'll be honest with you. I mean, we spoke about this. I had King Glitz about the same price you did. I just didn't give it a huge chance that day. The best part is I don't, uh, I didn't have to put any odds up and look like a goose. So, um, yeah, no, you're, uh, you're in the firing line and I, I love it. Speaking of futures, you first to go up for the Railway Stakes, uh, Winterbottom Stakes, Kingston Town Classic. I'm not sure about the Guineas. Were you first to go up for Guineas? Uh, no, well, we technically weren't first up for yep. any of them um, this year due to the book management issue with um, another provider. So we had to basically use a different set of prices, which was to yeah. probably to the punter's benefit, you'd have to say, at this stage. So I think you were going to go up significantly short of Western Empire. Yeah, I was sitting um, through four fifty. Yeah. yeah, and then when you see $13 around. 13 yeah, yeah, it was 13 wasn't it? No, I remember I sent Terry, I I sent Terry a message around. saying uh, um, $13 Western Empire and a photo of a thread I had with, with a mate of mine saying that, that that Western Empire price doesn't quite look right and then ended up coming out across the board about that price. So mm. yeah. That lasted a very short Period of time. Is there only thirteen dollars available now? Yeah, wouldn't that be? <laughs> wouldn't that be like? I, I actually genuinely believe that three dollars isn't a bad price. Like that's their next start with Western Empire, isn't it? They're going straight to the railway. Straight to the railway. Yeah. 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 Mate, yeah. He doesn't need to start again. He's qualified now. He's good no. to go. Um, how hard is it to do futures markets? There, I've. Uh, it's been a bit of a blessing lately. You can pretty much bank on the. Uh, interstate is not coming over. Yeah, it's yeah. Huge, yeah, that's huge, true. And you can price yeah, accordingly. I imagine. Yeah. You, you know, do you follow interstate racing? I always, I always um, sort of would price them 
safely to some extent, yeah. but not like not like in recent years where people would go up, you know, five dollars favourite about an interstate, or it would be fifty mm. fifty to get here. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah I couldn't even imagine trying to price those. That'd be yeah a genuine nightmare. But uh, as you said, it's a lot easier this year because it mm. should just be all locally based. So we'll when, see it on Channel Ten. Channel Ten, pretty solid. Hey, uh, so when you when you're trying to price a horse, say Treasured Staff or the Kingston Town Classic, for argument, say you know that deep down you know that she's gonna meet meet with support as soon as the the market goes up. What what price did you go up and? Did you think that was the right prize, or did you? Was that just all you can really do, considering what she'd done at that stage of her career? Yeah, I thought um, the twenty six was a touch big, but yeah. I still, I'll, I'll stick my hand year. up. I was, every, yeah, I was yeah. going up about probably fifteen. Yeah, um, yeah. The obvious, the obvious. I thought the obvious formula there: the Bob Peters three year old, one, <laughs> one, yeah. one or two of them are going to get there. But um, at that point in time, though, we still hadn't like devoted to just run a big debut. Um, we hadn't seen much of advance. We didn't know how far Arcadia Grace would get to. That's true. There wasn't. Mm. It wasn't mm. like it looks now. You can't just look back. I know. I'm, not, so I'm, I'm just uh, trying to work out how you how you wait, how you like, especially with the three odds and the weight for age races. There's, as you said, one or two are going to get there, and you people are going to, but people are going to spread their bets amongst a few of the other three odds as well. So. There's only usually a maximum of three, maybe four, four three mm. odds in the race. So e- even the ones you get sort of that firm, you're going to you're going to take some bets on the ones that don't even make it. Do you reckon Bazoom might have been a big price yeah, early yeah. and uh, yeah. showing a bit? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so just moving forward, when can we expect, well, the next futures markets will be Perth Cup. Perth Cup. Yeah. yeah. So they'll come out after, I guess, after we take nominations. As soon as, yeah, after. within a day of the noms coming out. This is going to be a really interesting market this year. It will be. Well, I reckon because they always – Bob team seems to nom them the whole way through. So you'll probably nom Western Empire, say things go awry, doesn't win the railway stakes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my hope looking as a punter will be that, well, Brad has to go at favourite. You, your choice is to go at favourite, even though it's very unlikely to go there because it will have the 60 you'd suggest. By the time we get to that point, I presume it's going to be under and 10 Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you look to get a beat and think who's going to go there as a Midnight Blue, Pure Devotion, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Brad's forced sometimes to go up – and I understand that all bookmakers are forced to go up unders. Like I remember Arcadia Queen was nom for everything the whole way through in last year's carnival, but we knew it probably wasn't coming back. Mm, yeah. Um, so but you have you can't have Arcadia Queen at 20 to 1 with the like a likelihood issue, like a likelihood aspect. You had to have it at the top end of the market, which means it's taking up a big chunk. So um yeah, that's in the punter's advantage. And I it think. can um from a PR perspective, it can sort of no, looking bad isn't the right term, but you'll get punters say, "Oh, you had this in twenty to one. You knew it wasn't coming." Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. trying to take bets. Well, exactly. not. Yeah. Well, those, yeah. those people that say that, yeah, they should probably grow up, though. <laughs> I'd suggest. Yeah, because sometimes it does say unlikely. Unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't feel that the tab have a obligation obligation to do that. that. Now the punter has got the obligation to put their research in and do their research as soon as the tab knows one's coming out. There should be yeah skedaddled yeah. from. The I think market. it's more more on the principal racing body to contact the. Connections and just say, yep. is, is this horse in or out? And if you want to, and then officially remove it from the race and remove it from the markets. Mm. So, Brad, you obviously love the game, mm. um, love what you do, um, love what you guys do as well. Oh, well, thanks, well, Brad. We're, um, blowing smoke, yeah. <laughs> Big fan of you guys do a great job, and oh. um, also I should throw in the fact that you're uh, getting owners involved in the game as well, and and some of the stories you hear about that, and. Uh, listeners get involved in horses and then giving money to trainers to get other horses. That's um, that's fantastic because we're all we're all here because we love the game and we we want it to be strong. Bang on, hundred percent. I'm not used to being nice with Brad. This is a <laughs> this is foreign territory. Brad was actually uh, 
front and centre on our 100th episode celebrations at Ascot last Saturday. Uh, Last seen at the Toots Bar dance floor (laughs) at uh, Sneaky Tony's on uh, late on Saturday evening. It was a terrific day. I love walking into Ascot Racecourse when it's warm like that. Uh, The good horses are there. The East, East Coast Racing is is um, lit up and you can just feel the, that, that sort of, uh, you feel Ascot sort of humming and um, nothing better than, than, than feeling the atmosphere uh, of um, headquarters on a, uh, on a beautiful summer's day. It's just, it's very hard to be. It's a great place to be. Certainly is. Nowhere better. Nowhere better. What did, so what did you think, make of the oh, I hope 100-episode <laughs> celebration? Oh, I was trying to do some more form. Um, no, I, I had a great day. Thanks to everyone that came down. It was good having a chat uh, <laughs> to a lot of uh, to various people throughout the day that came down and um, and uh, said g'day, congratulations or whatnot over the uh, over the journey. So no, it was a it was a cracking day to uh, uh, to yeah, just see the see various listeners and sponsors. We had uh, Butchie. Yeah, always enjoyable to catch up with Butchie, and um, yeah, just a, just a very good day. And there's what about the vote too? Who's giving out the votes for the day slash, <laughs> slash evening? Because I reckon T Murray gets the three. New York gets the three. Yeah, T gets the two, and probably I was was I? That's pretty restrained. I thought you should have seen me celebration after the last of Gerald on Tuesday. That would have got me the three. I reckon that was one of the that was even for my. I looked at that the next day and thought that was a bit disgraceful. I think you got to give Carolyn. Did, did, did you your, save the best for last again? Yeah. <laughs> I think you got to give Brad Russell one vote. Actually, if, you, if you're listening, Brad definitely definitely gets a vote. Strong performance. Strong strong, strong debut performance. I thought Robbie Spence ran a big race too. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lath, L, L Anderson ran yeah. a big race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he stayed the journey. Um, now lots of notable performers. We need a big podium. Yeah, it was uh, yeah terrific, and thanks to everyone who, uh, especially we got lots of love on Twitter, uh, lots of private messages, um, lots of well wishes at the races on Saturday as well. So thanks everyone, and uh, now we push on to episode one hundred and one. Don't forget, we got some we got a new batch of one one hats. If you would like a one one hat, um, send us a private message at the one one pod on Twitter. If you want to pay for some postage, we'll we'll send it out to you. Uh, send a couple of uh, hats. We got grey, blue, <laughs> black. We got uh, it's all happening. So uh, if, you want, if you want your one one hat, let us know, and we're more than happy to post it out to you. Now we have to commend Super Steve Spence. He yeah. uh, absolutely incredible tipping display on the final round of the Top Gun tournament, and uh, he. He got up and nailed our tearaway leader, Chris Olsen, on the post. What do you think? Yeah. What, what do you think of that, Terry? Um, yeah, huge. huge. I, I felt I feel a bit sorry for Chris, to be honest. I feel <laughs> yeah. like Chris deserved it the way he punted the whole way through and the consistent good price winners. And um, no, very brave punting from Steve. He could have jagged one ten, fifteen dollar pop and lost it. So the fact you're saying I need to get a hundred dollar multi to win. Um yeah, to be honest, I reckon it's a little bit hard to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit of a Merton type effort. Instead of trying to, yeah, instead of just having a hundred on one at twelve bucks, you literally need the the multi to get up, which is about one hundred and fifty to one to win the comp, which is is wild stuff. But um, yeah, how do you how do you doubt the winner? Well, I mean that's the that's the tournament. That's how it's and the Betfair SP as well. I mean, mm-hmm. even the fact that. You got to remember that Chris Olsen tipped both Jadavi and Temptation, Temptation and yeah. lost. So, oh, wow. Uh, the the just the Temptation six dollars thirty one BSP. I 
had something on temptation very late at 780 on the exchange mm-hmm. so it's it's that even if he gets pushes I think out Stevie Stevie Spence was having thousands on temptation late to lower the bet <laughs> <laughs> the bet has come up to, in the final race of the day the the it's come the, down, the late yeah, movement yeah. of temptation on the BSP has uh, has impacted the result I think but you got to take your hat off to to Steve Spence he He's got up, he's won by $62.40 over Chris Olsen. He backed Jadavi and he backed playing Marika. We were going to get Steve on the show today, but he is out on a rig offshore and uh, be back in Perth next week. So we better get him on the show and present him with his uh, 1-1 Top Gun W Racing tipping tournament trophy. Um, and uh, that Terry had his eyes on, but uh, we'll give that Steve yeah, Spence. He's- I've definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for my uh, one-one wooden spoon. <laughs> so, but yeah, Steve, congratulations! Thanks to everyone who got involved in the in the tournament. We'll look at ways that we can roll out another Top Gun in the new year. Uh, might do one a season, maybe two, two a year, or something like that. But Steve Spence is the winner. Chris Olsen, very unlucky to uh, to get pipped on the post. They cleared out to third, who was uh, Timmy Hutchison, who did a terrific job, very consistent over the seven-week tournament as well. But Steve Spence just. Too good, mate. Too good. The last day of uh, last day of the uh, of the tournament, he comes up trumps. So, speaking of the last day, there was some terrific racing at Ascot on uh, to commemorate our one hundredth episode. Northerly Stakes, Prince of Wales Stakes. We saw a pretty fair horse emerge in No White Flag. Um, Wilchino, Triple mm. Missile did battle in the uh, thousand meter dash, leading into the Colonel Reeves and the Winterbottom. There was a lot to take in, wasn't there? Certainly was, yeah. That, that Will Chano triple missile, that was the highlight of the day, I thought. Um, to absorb the pressure and hold on, it was huge from uh, Will Chino. And, um, yeah, no, that was uh, yeah, cracking stuff. Very good uh, viewing. Probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more if triple missile had got there from a punting point of view. But, uh, no, we love to see that. It was, um, yeah, two very good horses at opposite ends going at it, which always makes for uh, pretty entertaining stuff. What are your thoughts on Western Empire these days, Darren? Yeah, it'll, that's all over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it goes all right. I didn't think it didn't go right. I was just a bit. I was a bit of a query on it. Um, I think a few of us had a bit of a query, and I reckon Betfair showed that with the the market. Kiss all for cheese came into something wild. Like two twenty by the jump was a wild price from yeah. a sticky gate. Yeah. And um, yeah, Western Empire got out to nearly four bucks or four bucks aroundish. Yeah, over four. There you go. So we spoke. Um, on the sh- we spoke on the show about. Well, I remember speaking about how Western Empire needs that genuine tempo on and he's just a, a good horse when the speed is on otherwise if it's if it's slow to muddling or stop start he gets a bit keen he can be his own worst enemy and bring himself undone what i think a lot of people didn't well how could you predict is that kiss it all four cheeks finds itself in front with uh bams on fire uh, applying significant pressure in the early in the mid race so the figures that i've seen they've gone uh just above benchmark to the 800 and they've quickened almost three lengths above benchmark to the 400 so it, that was a, that's a pretty solid 1400 at ascot and then by that stage kiss went off four cheeks the two dollar 25 was gassed been ridden upside down but western empire have you ever seen a horse traveling so sweetly and so effortlessly it was incredible stuff and then he sort of pikey just slipped it an inch and off it went and uh, notorious one flashing home into second was a eye catcher but gee whiz railway stakes look out 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's all over unless uh, unless you get a, an awkward draw and um, if notorious one can sprint alongside Western Empire, that'll be that'll be great viewing. But I just don't think the race will get to a position where that occurs because Western Empire should probably have a couple of links on it in the run. But um, you'd love you'd love for the sake of the race um, to see Western Empire draw sixteen mm. to keep it interesting. Speaking of all over, is the winter bottom all over, Brad? That's going to be interesting. I hope so. It's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, what, what are we what are we talking to Leach Street right now? What's the what's the market? So I think it's still in the three fifty four dollar range. I think that's about uh, about the right price as well. I'd suggest. I think um, Bo Ross or something is coming across. Yeah, we've got some East the states contingent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, as long as there's a bit of speed in the race and, and a couple of those weaker front runners go there, it's uh, yeah, it should be nicely set up for Elite Street to win. Is it yeah. going straight to the winner bottom? Uh, I reckon it might be. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a nomination go in for the Colonel Reeves. Mm. However, just depending on how the horse is, I think I think Dan is maybe leaning towards missing the Reeves and going straight to the Winterbottom now, um, keeping him nice and fresh. But gee whiz, he's, he seems better than last year uh, when he won. Obviously, when he won the Winterbottom when he was on the way up, but now he's just really consol- consolidating his his position as our best sprinter. He's mm. just a confident horse now. He's new racing like it. And better over 1,200 too. And Brad Ruwiller rides him really well. Uh, just um, just really confident in the horse's capabilities, Know what he, knows what he can do, and he's just a weapon at the moment. And the, the whole Morton stable, like another three winners last Saturday, and then they rolled on to uh, to uh, cause a bit of a minor upset in the Burgess Queen with uh, Bazoom. He's in that horse up and running at the moment. That was certainly something. is. Yeah, it looks a different horse to earlier in the who's, campaign. Who's the only horse to beat Bazoom this prep? Sprightly Star. Yeah, Sprightly Star. Oh, yeah, Bazoom beats. No, Bazoom lost before that, didn't it? It was first up Bazoom, was it? Oh, no, it was second up, was it? Was it? second up. Yeah. yeah, I think it got beaten first up. Yeah, you um, could be right. I think it started its campaign really quite poorly, actually, uh, considering the price it went around. by Proberty, I think. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, second, I was beating a lip by Proberty. I was live yeah. on SEN and um, the radio frequency went out because they asked me to call the race. Well, I told them I was calling the race <laughs> and I yelled bazoom that loud that it actually cut the radio out nationally for two <laughs> seconds. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> So I hadn't had a great deal of me, uh, a great deal of um, media training. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> so probably sh- isn't difficult to. So Bazoom, uh, Bazoom wins midweek on a Wednesday. Uh, then comes to a sad day and uh, and knocks off uh, hardly ever and devoted, de- devoted, and then goes straight into a Burgess Queen. It was a very, it was geez, it was a good battle between the two top jocks in the straight, and uh, you can chalk that one up to Chrissy Parnham, I think. That was a victory for uh, for the young gun. He, um, they basically raced side by side throughout. Pike didn't couldn't push out underneath Bazoom, so he opted to take his chances to go through the field. Chris sort of, for all intents and purposes, looked like he was going to go around them. And I think when he saw Pike ducking, he thought, "Well, I'll, we'll go here." And then um, one run was there to be taken, and Bazoom had the sharper turn of foot, squeezed through. Treasured Star checking off heels. That was a horror watch for the people who, who were on the fave. But uh, Bazoom burst clear. That was uh, that was authoritative victory. Yeah, yeah. So the race was suited for something to come through all that. But uh, yeah, it's gone another level this campaign massively. And um, yeah, I think it's a very uh, interesting debate who would have won it had in Treasure Star not been chopped out. I still think Treasure Star might have, but mm. I'm not sure either way. So as per usual, I'm going to sit on the fence. Even the third horse, I thought Searching Rocks. I wouldn't be jumping off her. She absorbed a very uh, Intense early early burn up on top of the speed, and for her to box on as well as she did into into second place, and there was a couple other nice little runs behind there as well. But uh, 
yeah, looking forward to the champion fillies in uh, two sad days' time. And um, I guess we'll get a chance to review the a slightly thinner Colts and Geldings edition when we uh, when we have a look at the Faritha in the preview. But uh, that uh, we better we better wrap things up and get moving on our preview. But before we do, I think we need to have a chat with a friend of the show, Britt Taylor, and um, talk to her about the new announcement, the Tab Touch Masters will be on free-to-air, Network 10, Katie Price and Britt Taylor, and we'll find out a bit more of what's happening on the three big Group 1 days coming up. Last Thursday, Terry, we uh, opened up our email inboxes to see a media release to announce that the 2021 Tab Touch Masters is coming to Channel 10 free-to-air, and one of the stars of that coverage is a friend of the podcast, Brittany Taylor. Brittany, welcome back to The One One. Thanks for having me, and congratulations on episode 100 last week, boys. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for coming over and uh, saying hello Hello during the day. Um, that was a wedding. Yes. It was good. Good. How do we feel about weddings on Derby Day? Oh, yeah. I know someone has a wedding on a railway stakes. I don't like it. I think you need to look at the people you hang around with and decide long-term <laughs> if that's going to be the friendship circles you want to continue to associate with, so... Um, yeah, I think I think that's why they have Fridays and Sundays, isn't it? So uh, you can uh, have events of that nature on those days. <laughs> exactly. It's about life choices, Brittany. Um, so, yeah, thanks. as I said, thanks for coming over, saying hello, and I uh, appreciate all your support over the 100 episodes. And, um, yeah, we'd just like to give a shout-out to you and, and Rawa, Perth Racing, Channel 10, everyone involved in the uh, getting this free-to-air coverage deal together on Channel 10, so we've got the three feature race meetings. I think we're taking two hours of coverage between 3 and 5 p.m. on Railway Stakes Day, Winterbottom Stakes Day, Kingston Town Classic Day. You and, and Katie Price will be running the show for uh, Network 10. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And as you say, it's a good job by everybody involved who was able to get that deal done because I think it's really important. Uh, whilst uh, I've just slammed my friends, my, my friends wouldn't watch you know, a Sky Thoroughbred Central, funnily enough, you know, young girls aren't turning on Fox. A lot of people don't even have Fox Cell these days. So if you're not watching on, you know, Racing New South Wales or the Sky Racing Active, it's just a really good opportunity, I think, to be able to turn on a free-to-air channel and be able to showcase racing to a bit of a different audience. And I think that's really important um, just to sort of, I guess, extend racing's reach. I agree wholeheartedly. Gr- growing up as, as a racing fan, we always had a, a free-to-wear element. Um, obviously, this was long before the your Foxtels and your your uh, streaming services and all that sort of stuff. But uh, we always had a presence, especially around um, Railway Stakes Day, Perth Cup Day, uh, and it was always really, really well received. Um, but I don't think – I think talking to people at Railway, I don't think we've had free-to-wear coverage since 2016, so it's been a good five years since we've been back on um, on your normal TV screen. But it's great to see that uh, the Tab Touch Masters, the three big million-dollar Group 1 races, will be broadcast free-to-air. Can you just run to let the listeners know what they can expect if they tune in to Channel, Channel 10? Brittany, I think you'll be the, the mounting yard will be covered, the race, of course, post-race. Uh, I imagine there'll be some, some colour pieces as well, perhaps some... Um, some uh, fashion stuff as well. What's the? Do we see Lockie at all? Yeah, most most importantly, yeah. do we do we see LT? Yeah, he's got a gig too. Oh. So, uh, yeah, no, I think it'll be different. So I remember when we did have that coverage probably back in 2016, as you said. I think it'll be a fair bit different from that in that 
they're taking for our mounting yards the Sky Thoroughbred Central feed. And I don't know if you remember from last year, but we really jazzed that up with uh, Lockie did interviews in the stalls. We're going to have him doing pick at a yard and actually talking through some of the key contenders as they're walking around the yard as well, just in terms of their physicality, how they're parading and whatnot. So the mounting yard will be what we're used to on Sky Thoroughbred Central and basically it'll be both of both channels will have the uh, the same pre and post race coverage and then it'll be Katie Price in the studio at ten who will just be sort of steering the ship and talking us sort of in and out of some pieces. I'm heading out in the next couple of weeks to do a few stories um, on some key contenders and whatnot. So there should be plenty of behind the scenes getting to know some of our participants and uh it packages up as a really nice two hour coverage. Uh, we'll dig deep. Might be in the railway, Brittany. So there could be a, a colour piece at one one HQ. I think I think Brittany said uh, contenders. Unfortunately, <laughs> Vita, even 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 my hopes aren't that high at the moment. I would have, what I would have loved to see is I don't know if the uh, the Taylor Yard has too many that will be in the G ones this year, but I would have loved to see you have a horse in the mix and then try and keep your composure after the race. I reckon that would have been um, tremendous viewing. I'm hopeless. Like, I just can't help myself, and. You know, some people can watch races and just be, like, really subdued and just, you know, yep, good, good. I just can't help myself. My foot starts going. I start hitting myself, clapping, screaming. Uh, so, you know, I would be terrible. Actually, I think in that seven coverage, I actually think they may have had a microphone on me the year Barracky didn't win. So I think they had it on me in, in the hope that he would, if I remember correctly. But, uh, yeah, no, that wasn't to me. Did the viewers learn a few new words, did they? No, <laughs> I was uh, well-behaved. Very good. Now, Brittany, we, we spoke last Saturday at the races and this time, uh, well, th- this year you were supposed to be in Melbourne covering the uh, the four days of the Flemington Spring Carnival uh, on Network 10. Uh, obviously, COVID has played, played its part this year. Um, yeah, just I, I heard you speak about this during on uh, on. I think Triple M's rush hour during the week. You had you had your quarantine all set up to go out of the farm. What uh, what was the final straw that impacted you not not being able to uh, to to go across to Melbourne and uh, and uh, do your gig for Channel Ten? Well, I kept putting in the G two G passes just as I did last year, and last year I was approved. I had to do the two weeks quarantine, and I knew that would be the same situation this year. So I. And then this year it said, no, you can't do it at your normal residential address if someone else lives there. So I planned to quarantine out on the retirement block in a caravan. I thought this is going to be a beautiful two weeks. And unfortunately, my applications just kept getting rejected with the, the mounting cases in Victoria. So everything just kept getting denied. So they just made the call to say, no, we just can't get you over here. Or we can get me over here, but just can't get you back to Perth. And with our carnival on our doorstep, obviously, I didn't want to take the risk of being stuck over there. But, yeah, it should be in the mounting yard right now looking at an oak field and, uh, mm. yeah, not to be. But um, they've got Michelle Payne instead in the yard doing um, that job. Okay. So but you'll be back. All things going well. You'll be back at Flemington this time next year? Yes. Let's hope. <laughs> well, I thought this time last year, I thought, oh, COVID will be a thing of the past in 12 mm. months. And here we still are. So hopefully in 12 months' time, we're back in business. Outstanding, Brit. Well, as we said in the lead-in, it's terrific that West Australian Thoroughbred Racing is going to be back on free-to-air. Channel 10, Katie Price, Brittany Taylor, though, Lockie Taylor as well? Mm. Yeah, hey. Embry, he'll be doing all the forms. So it's, uh, yeah, what, what we're used to from a pre- and post-race sort of perspective and uh, just 
be able to watch it on free to wear. Imagine Laurentino might might win one of the minor races on, on oh, those yeah. days. It could be uh, <coughs> could be Taylor Central down there on Channel. That would be nice. <laughs> Forest War, yeah, looks yeah. yeah. over turn well. Yeah. And speaking Actually, before yeah. we before we let you go, Brett, we better have a quick touch on the four runners that Jimmy Taylor is throwing out this week. Forest War, Laurentino, Black Shadow, Point Taken, uh, Point Taken's. We'd like to see some of those reactions post race from you. With the uh, that's the first thing I think. Of, that's the first thing like I associate that horse with that uh, the little celebration. Um, who are we having our five bucks each way on out of those four, Brit? Forest War, I think. I thought so. I thought so. Very good. Mind you, Laurentino is just so consistent. I just love him. He's uh, yeah. It's a four runners, is it? Yeah, yep. yep. Black Shadow is probably Black a Shadow, runner, yes. a okay. runner, so. yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's going to be he's going to be better with uh, more runs un- under mm-hmm. his belt, further into his yeah. preparation. Brittany, thanks again for jumping on the one one, and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, covering all the action for us West Australian racing fans on Channel Ten. Thank you. Looking forward to it. See you, Brett. See you. Okay, it's time to partner with Betfair and preview Lestia Stakes Day. BJ Ryan. Terry Layton and our guest, Brad McManus. We are teaming up to record episode 101 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. It is just after 1.30 p.m. Thursday, the 4th of November. We've just watched the Thomas Magnum. Shout out to our friend Mark Olmus. M.A. Olmus. Uh, Thomas Magnum win the first at Belmont Park. Very interesting to see Belmont racing in November, but uh, that is the world that we are living in at the moment. But um, congratulations, Mark. So uh, we have Belmont on today, Ascot Sunday, York Cup Day, historic York Cup at uh, this in the Avon Valley this Sunday. Very good. Uh, before we go any further, welcome home, Cleo Smith. That was a, amazing news that we all received yesterday. Congratulations to uh, the WA Police, everyone involved. That was just great news, very heartwarming. And all our thoughts go out to Apprentice Hannah Fitzgerald, her family mm-hmm. and friends. Hannah uh, currently remains in an induced coma after falling at Kalgoorlie last Saturday, so sending positivity positivity to everyone connected to Hannah and the entire WA racing industry. Very yep. well said. Okay, stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the market, city, meet, get out stakes, competition, and don't forget our not-so-new look. Uh, Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition. We have the Greyhound Guru Callum Robson taking on the carryover champ, I guess. We'll have to use the word champ, <laughs> the carryover pretender. Uh, Kevin Kevin Peterson, I was going to say. Uh, Kieran Evans. Uh, so looking forward to that battle, BJ. Very good. Betfair Edge, are we uh, back on air tomorrow? Yeah, we'll back happening? on air tomorrow. I uh, had CJP in on um Last week and told him to lead on kissing all four cheeks. <laughs> 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 um, we are. We're back on air with uh, Fitzy, who's finally out of quarantine. So looking forward to that tomorrow. Miles Fitzner. Miles Fitzner. Uh, and the the written word. The written word, yeah. That'll be Kingston Town Day and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the written There's word. There's a certain amount of media stuff. I've, I've found my line and that's that's probably one step too far this time around. But, uh, no, I'm enjoying doing it while it's around. It's a nice time of the year to go a bit more in depth. Because three hours of the podcast isn't enough, apparently, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's all, all very well received, Terry. I saw you got a bit of a pump up on uh, Twitter the other day, one of the readers commenting on uh, some of your, your uh, 
Your words, that was... Did I? Uh, yeah, did you oh, like I miss that? that? No. Yeah. Usually frame all the tweets. Positive, but it's not, there's about three of them over the journey. So. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this, BJ. We've got an eight-metre rail position, um, 22 degrees. It's going to be southwesterly as it'll pick up, I think, as the Arvo progresses. So we saw a nine-metre pad midweek um, a month ago, a few weeks ago, uh, on a Wednesday, and it played um, majorly off pace. We saw horses like Cross Statement, uh, Native Chimes, horses that looked like they had races sewn up uh, who stopped late. I guess we look at the Macanto form through that. That might not have been as pattern-related, but it was definitely a good day to be off speed. So um, I'm wary. I'm wary that this might be another day with those southwesterlies picking up, that it might be a good day to potentially have cover, especially later in the day. Do you have any thoughts on that, Brad? Uh, use the early races to find out. That's yep. the way I like to play it. Yeah, yeah 100%. And even, I mean, earlier races, especially over the shorter journeys and the younger horses, it can be difficult to make ground. So if you see any indication that they are making ground, then it will just get a lot easier as the day goes on. Okay. Race one, the Magic Moons plate for the two-year-olds over the 1,100 metres. We've got Cloth numbers one, two, three, and four, all with race experience, five through 12, all debutants. To me, it does look like the race experience have the have a significant edge on all the debutants. Pretty keen to follow up on Snowdome. Like this colt on debut, sort of got buffeted at the start, wasn't able to hold up in front. Once it got crossed by, rev it up and had the stable mate pot shot on its outside. Mm. It was always going to be hard to extract from that position. So Chris Parnham just had to wait and sort of bide his time to, to try and get out, but the bird had flown with a well-rated ride from Brad Parnham on rev it up. But I'm confident with the clean getaway, Snowdome can maybe hold up in front on this occasion and uh, and dictate from there? Um, yeah, I, I, I was pretty big Snowdome last start and had the early price, so I felt a bit aggrieved watching it. But I've, I've since seen the head-on. I reckon it had its chance um, to to win the race. It's actually 100% clear when you get out. You watch it, it, did, it didn't hit the line that well, actually. If you say watch the head-on, and, and I, I find it very difficult to not form that opinion, but I still have it on top here. It looks a nice race as BJ. So I think we'll go to the top. Might be a better horse out in front as well. Um, you can probably straight away to put a line through, rev it up. I thought rev it up 100% deserved that victory. Like it held it to the line really well. Yeah. Really, really, really well. Stewards report as well. What's that? I had to put up with the thumps, didn't they? Who? Rev it up. Oh, it's that. pretty rare to win a race and pull up with the thumps. Yeah, okay. I didn't actually even I just, that, I just so. thought it was the – just Snowdome, yeah. On have you seen the head on? Yeah, I've seen it. I think I thought Snowdome, was... if Snowdome should have should have won easily. I thought. Reckon? Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that again while we're recording. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on Terry's side here. No, I think I think, thought... I think the. I've still done. I still think this is a really suitable race for it. I just watched that again because I I had a, a reasonable little dip at the early price, and I thought, hey, you know what? I reckon it just about had its chance. Chris was harsh on himself after he's interviewed for the fifth one, yeah. his fifth win. He actually said I should have had six. Um, I don't, I don't, I think, I don't think it's late. Himself. I don't think it's late in the race. That was the, the issue. I think it's, I think it's early in the race where it got where it got buffered oh, early yeah. and got crossed by rev it up. I think rev it up's won by what a length on the line. Yeah, zero point nine. I think if Snowdome holds up in front, I think Snowdome could have won by yeah. two two and a half. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the best of the debutants? Have you done the trial form, Brad? What do you yeah, think? I have no choice, unfortunately, yeah. to watch it. Um, <laughs> So many of them trolled really well, but from back in the field, yeah, which yeah. Is, how, do you, how do you do that? The, the 1100 is to the advantage probably for the two-year-olds of those that can run on a bit, but um, that's a, a little query for the on-paces there. But mm. Gee, was some nice trialers. Um, Man Crush was a really good trial. Mr. Cova, very good trial. Yeah, I thought um, Street Parade's trials have been good too. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, That 400-metre trial was smoking. I think Rusty might have done that just to give it a little bit of – out of the gates practice because it was a little bit sluggish yes, it, in the, the first trial. The 1,000-metre trial was slow away but mustard, but mm. in that 400, it, Sean McGrady bounced 
and it went it was straight onto it wasn't it straight on the bunny whereas uh mcgrady suspended o'donnell hops on board for the debut on saturday so McGrady um, missed a few good rides in the car, doesn't he? Yeah, sure. he's got a yeah. pretty costly 24-day suspension yep. out of- uh, Oh, 24, two, is it? Yeah, out of- So he missed the railway? He will miss the railway, yep. Oh, dear, yeah, that's he got, he got suspended in the 1,800-meter race aboard Outback Jack on Saturday, and then he got suspended 1,800-meter race on a frequent flyer, fryer rather, on Tuesday. Yeah, two okay. suspensions, 24 days total, so he'll miss railway snakes now. Yeah, that's not what you want. He's so, a good nick as well. Big yeah. race rider at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really- Fancy all that much. I said, I got Snowdome on top, but I think $3 is more the right price. I think pot shots, not impossible. Blinkers on, pikes on. It should just get a tuck in behind them. Um, yeah, I didn't think it, its run was much different to um, to, to Snowdome's last start, but uh, yeah, I suspect if you get your map and Snowdome gets to the top, I don't know if they'll be able to beat Snowdome. But uh, I, I was hoping that the price overreacted to the bad luck. That's sort of where I, the angle I was going, but I don't think it has. Like yeah. I've still got it around that price. It's probably going to be good late money, but um, yeah, no, not a race I'm keen on. Current prices. Okay. Brad, any last thoughts on the two-year-old race? None thank whatsoever. God thank God it's over. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Was there any, any movement this morning at all? Uh, nothing, Not really. Nothing major report. A little bit of, um, a little bit of what was it, mug money on pot shot, but that's um, – <laughs> uh, You went up seven bucks. What do I meant to do? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say it was Terry. Yeah. No, you didn't. No, no you didn't. No, race, exactly right. race two, tab touch. Better your bet, handicap. Uh, better your bet with tab touch. It is over the 1,200 metres graduation handicap for the three-year-olds. And Ponyo and Not Secret head the market with uh, on the quick backup. Both competed in the 1,000-metre three-year-old race behind the front bar at Ascot last Saturday. Terry, open us up on race two. Uh, I think the two horses that are on the seven-day backup will uh, dominate this race. Uh, if advanced to Johnny Gator, would have obviously expected good improvement. Went to the line under hands and heels last start, but I don't know. Pike, he's going to have to e- either find a spot or try and come from last, which, uh, yeah, both of them are very unlikely, I'd suggest. Um, look, Ponyo is going to be super popular, and I reckon – I think you went up 220, didn't you, Brad? Yeah. I said earlier to you that I think that your price will probably be closer to – Start it, yeah, I reckon, yeah, I reckon it will be absolutely, um, absolutely woolly woofed on um, on um, on Betfair late. But I've just got some concerns about the way that um, she, BJ, the way that uh, the way that she has been uh, oh, yeah, yes, jumping. Um, her last two jumps have been pretty ordinary, albeit in hotter speed races than this. But um, yeah, it's just about the simplicity in which Keshel gets to the breeze and how hard he has to work. And if he does have to work pretty hard, and Peter Naki, who's finding a little bit of form. At the minute um, can get cover midfield and come at them late. Um, I reckon not secret can potentially grab it, but I mean the current market's two seventy versus four forty. I'm three bucks versus three eighty or something like that. Mm-hmm. So at this point in time, I'm not really interested in a bet, but I'm hoping for an over bet for one of the two, and I'm happy to dive into the other. I think Ponyo is going to be the one. Blinkers yep. on uh, the. I imagine the the ratings guys are going to find Ponyo uh, quite significantly, if it, especially if yep. it can. Yeah, with the how uh, identical were the two runs? Of yeah, them? like they like, was just so even their micro splits were almost identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the quick backup rising to the twelve hundred. You think if Ponyo can step and, and breeze and, and sort of roll, that she's going to be control proceedings from there. Yeah, uh, but the the this, maybe the blinkers might help just get her out of the machine cleaner. Um, but that is probably the big query in the race. And the fact that Advance has drawn 10, really, do they just go back and take their medicine or does 
Pikey try to ride a race. That's going to be an interesting query there. Brad, thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Ponyo. Um, 280 is probably going to be enough to get me if yeah. that um, if that hangs around. I, I think you'll have overs by jump. Yeah, I don't think the um, I don't think you put a, an apprentice on to sit out the back and see what's happening. There might be a bit of intent here. I'm um, banking on and maybe even looking for the fence out in front. Mm-hmm. I have to say, like from a like if if I, I'm presuming I'll probably end up on not secret because the market will go to Ponyo and I'll just follow the drifter. So I'll be hoping that Chrissy Parnham kicks up in the ladies' event. My Marlena should be a leader, yeah. I think. But there's just one or two others that have the potential to kick up and and, and be a bit of a nuisance. And if, if they sprint together over the 1,200, um, especially with the apprentice on compared to the senior, I always think that – um, yeah, that, that's where the trouble comes from. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, wouldn't get stuck in anyone backing Ponyo. It does look uh, pretty hard to beat, especially from the brace. Yeah, coming out of yeah, round third and three old classic behind uh, behind Lewa first up. Um, yeah, and then her run the other day in, in that in a race where we thought they might. They might might be a bit of speed in. It actually turned out to be a very slow race. And so I think it was it, because Ponyo missed, missed it, it and it ended up at the front bar and the breeze and I think they wanted to take a sit in the front bar. But so. Even ultimate command, you would have thought its best chance would have been sort of clicking it's along a bit of, more. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it was a funny funny little race that. But, big um, run, Sean Casey's Ain't No Other Man. Yeah. I think that's what you were, Sammy Keener, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was a big run. Very good. All right, so yeah, it looks like a Ponyo, not secret type thing and we're, we're expecting sort of for Ponyo to maybe sharpen up. Odds wise, significantly from its current quote, I think it's around 270, 280 at the time of recording. So mm-hmm. I've never, I've just always remembered that initial trial by Not Secret against It's Array Day, where I thought they sort of got to the line sort of very, very similar. Um, yeah. What, Obviously, what, there's been the whispers at the stable, have a bit of an opinion, of yeah. course. So it's a, um, yeah, good, good clash. It'll all come down to how easily Ponyo gets to the brace. Exactly. Race three, the Carbine Club of WA Apprentices Cup, 2200 metres. We've got a couple of Cerise and White representatives here in Pure Devotion and Reliable Star. Um, t- ten apprentices get to get to ride for the Apprentices Cup. Brad, what did you do when you released markets this morning and uh, what have you thought of how it's shaken out since? Yeah, it's interesting. I was very protective of Bob's runners, as as you, I think you need to be when they're stepping up to the to the distance. Um, they, they've also shown plenty of class in previous preps and, and this prep, they're, they're both humming, so... Had you seen when you'd done the markets the tactical announcement on Accelerate? I had not. No, you still don't know. Yeah, they're on in coal. Oh, good. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, I, yeah. I'm not sure it's a horse that Are knows you, how to be. 100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100%。100
move at the right time and um yeah it brings it into it in sort of a silly way by trying to trying to nick the race but no i saw brad went up a dollar 95 i'm i'm not that short because i always probably add a tax to every horse in the apprentice's cup mm. but um no I'm, i i think if, if jet lets it all unfold in front of him and um and tries to have the last crack at him i think it's got something on them pretty comfortably um yeah, oh, I'm going to need something to bet. I'm going to need high twos, two eighty, two ninety to probably have a bet. If I don't, that's okay. <laughs> that's that's okay. Yeah, pure devotion stands out from a from a class point of view. I think we'll probably be talking about her in a couple of months' time when Brad puts his future markets up. Well, yeah, very soon when Brad puts his future markets up, and she might even be the one that uh, gets into one of those typical Bob mares that gets into the Perth Cup on the minimum, something like that, and. Is a real. I mean, obviously, she competed in an Oaks and a, in a Derby. She's she's high class. Uh, I thought that Secret Pearl. <laughs> I've, been, I've been sort of banging the Secret Pearl drum for a while. Uh, if anything is going to knock off pure, pure devotion, it's probably going to be bad luck and maybe a, a masterful Lactar Ramoli Secret Pearl display. I think the draw is good. Back up to twenty two hundred meters. Loves that journey at Ascot. Uh, rock hard fit. Pure Devotion mile to 22. That was a very soft mile. It was just a walk and sprint. Mm. Uh, so was I watching that race next to you last week? What's that? Because uh, I, I think I ended up backing it. Was I watching it next to you? Just yelling, go, get into oh, it. Yeah, on, from about the thousand. Even though he had the one one, I wanted him just to go. Are you talking and about roll into a secret pearl? Oh, secret pearl. Yeah, so, I wanted him just to. So your Pure Devotion, Pure Devotion is the horse that is is coming off the slow mile tempo, second up, third up into a 22. Her class will probably see her get over the line. However, if if I can get Squeeze Super Pearl out a touch on Betfair later. That's going to get me, I think. I think she can get a good run. Uh, if they go wild out in front, there's a bit of a, uh, you know, a bit of a wild tempo. Lack does just going to be the most composed, I feel. And uh, he can keep his, keep his mare out of, out of strife. It turns into a slugging sort of staying match late. Um, race fitness, race hardness. I think Secret Pearl could... Um, could maybe cause a, a bit of an upset. Loves a war, doesn't it? Mm. I think it just seems to be ridden that way. So should have should have beaten Roman Flirt two starts ago, uh, but uh, yeah, pure devotion, obviously the, the class runner. But anything can really happen in these apprentice races. Yeah, just comes never down. never take unders <laughs> in the apprentice race. Tell you what, it can be a uh, yeah, it can be difficult viewing. Shout out, shout out to your man. Uh, from Kalgoorlie, yeah. There's a chance. Well, just bought another horse with him on uh, <laughs> on Sunday. That was a good decision. Another one I'm Nick Carapalotti. So yeah, no, Nick Carapalotti brings uh, brings his finally gets his first run into town. Um, there's a chance one last week, I think, yeah. seven days ago. Mm. It's going really, really well. Did you ever run uh, on Tuesday, or was I just? Ah, uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I thought I heard Darren saying it was Nick Carapalotti's no, first I, runner. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's going super. It's just I. It's Traditionally, we'll take them on first go. And I think it's Rosie Mahoney's first um, first ride uh, on a Saturday as well. Upwards Others is out. Just come through, just refresh okay. Chris, number 10. Upwards Others is a scratching. Okay. Race four, Dickies, Trees, Handicap, one Metro win graduation over the 1,600 metres. Speed, speed, speed engaged in this mile contest. Who do you think finds the top? Terry Layton? Oh, I'm pretty confident a big screen will quite comfortably find the top. Downtown Twain's a real sort of musterer to mm -hmm. get there, you know. Um, takes its time to get to the top. Uh, yeah, it looks uh, to race some pretty devoid of 
confidence in. I'm, I'm hoping that we get a real off-pace day, and I'll probably have a throw at the stumps at a horse like Poulton Sands. I thought it was a better run than Speed Dream last time out. He's going to go around 450, and Poulton Sands will go around 20 to 1. Mm. Um, but I'm going to need a proper off-pace day, you know, where it's looking like you want to be sailing down the centre. Um, Paddy put that away late, and it ran the second quickest last two to pure devotion. So I reckon that had a little bit more in the tank. Um, we've seen a few of those silks. Like, what, what are the other ones? Uh, obviously, Poonamu. Um, but they've come over here and made an impact um, sailing down the centre of the track mm. for uh, for that ownership group. Um, but, yeah, it, it, look, Castillo de Lago Parks on them should be hard to beat. Uh, Secret Statue is a horse that needs a barrier in the tempo and it gets that here, so yep. Secret Statue is a major player. But, I mean. I really wanted to find Secret Statue. I'm just a bit concerned about the strength strength at the end of a mile. But uh, Grant Alana Williams, Bob Peters, I just. Yeah, I was very tempted to, to go with Secret Statue on top. End up going with Castillo de Lago. Um, they unlocked him last start. and he They did. I don't reckon they, they didn't do anything last start. Interstates run second with the bar shoes on him. One of the biggest questionable races that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, but it was he was 30. I was upset watching that, that the notification comes through two and a half <laughs> minutes before jump. Like, honestly, well, if we know that and then we know our idol's going to try and park as well, I think every man in their dog back is still at their lager if they're going to lead, yep. if we know they're leading. Like, and it was just back before the announcement. Oh, it was. I, I'm not, I actually don't think anything untoward occurred, but how bad does it look, mm. the series of events? Like, mm. Call again, yeah. It does not call look again? good. It was call again. Call again, yeah. It just doesn't look good, the series yeah. of events to lead to that. Um, yeah, anyway. 31 days between runs. Michael Lane stable. They've been adjusting to the new training regime, having to go to Collie with Bunbury out of action. So it's no surprise that the, the stable hasn't been keeping up, maintaining its high strike rate that it had last season when they had full access to their normal training facilities. But 31 days between run, found the front. It was a gift, as Terry alluded to, but he, he won with a, with a leg in the end to show that he's sort of he's sort of sort of back on on track and he's got ability. Uh, he can he can park behind big screen and uh, downtown Twain and sort of yeah, it's going to get the run. I think. Yeah. Do you reckon he's? Because I went back through. Do you reckon he's as good a horse when he doesn't get to lead? Maybe. Um, that's the that's the query because he he does from memory. I remember speaking to Krupp about this horse once when Kira had the ride and we were discussing how he can fight the jock a bit. Yeah. The speed in this should be suitable. That's, and, that and was the Chris shouldn't the have game. to change direction or whatnot. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think you, I think it'd be better horse leading. But I guess if you're going to have to take a sit in a race with a lot of tempo, that's when you want to be taking a sit. But yeah, just a. I think he's just going to get sucked into it without having to break stride. If you know what I mean. Yeah. But you're right. If he if he gets secret statue probably has his back. Yeah. Just about. If he bot- if he gets bottled uh, bottled up on a slow muddling tempo, then that's big trouble for Castillo de Lago. So, but yeah, I, I found this a bit of a sticky. I think speed, speed people are going to want to back Speed Dream as well. Um, Who did what? you go at Fabio, Brad? I could have had about five different. Um, I went at half five Castillo del Lago. I'm very interested in Speed Dream, but uh, this is, I think, this is today we find out whether the mile might be either at scale or a bridge too far, and hundred percent probably yeah. the day we'll find out. That's why I penalised it. But I mean, if you, yeah, again, I know the barriers are uh, as they are, but um, if you're ta- if you're thinking about taking four fifty five bucks Speed Dream, and you look at the last run against Paul and Sands, it was as I said, it was probably a be- it was a better run in in my mind, and should only get better um, with the second go in WA. So, gee, sometimes if you're looking at going, do I want to take four bucks Castillo with a sit? Do I want to take five bucks mm. about Secret Stature, who's just a battler? Big screens deep into a campaign. Speed Dream, we've got a query at the mile. Maybe this is a good race to try and find a little bit of value and, and that might come um, in the way of Port and Sands. So mm. I don't know. But they have to be making ground. If they're not making ground, I won't have a bet. Okay. Yeah, I'll 
tough race. You could yeah, we've gone Throw through about five, five or six of them. Even I've been impressed with Downtown Twain as well. I think mm. this is if it might not be to, on Saturday for this horse, but even next prep could be a horse. Downtown Twain comes from that really good um, hand to Belter family where they just win um, and they're just really strong uh, on pace horses. So going to have a bit of fun with that horse. But yeah. I think what Terry said is the right way to go. Watch races one, two, three, see what the patterns emerge from there and play play accordingly. You get that night. If it's a day where you want the sort of suck running behind them, then it should the winner should be coming from Castillo or um, Secret Statue. Secret Statue, yeah. suspect. So, yeah, good day. I reckon the whole day to be uh, assessing and, and getting stuck in. Race four, Brad, what's your final thoughts? Uh, I had I had Speed Dream on top, but um, – Queries now about it. Well, we'll see. We'll see because you want to three back the fence. That I think that's the way the horse needs to be. It had to carry me into the race last start. I'm not sure that's its go. It was the mm-hmm. first one to go. I know it was yep. slow tempo, mm-hmm. but it was still the first one to go. Could um, often need the grounding run too. Yeah, it was the first go. It was 1200 to, to mile yep. second up. This is going to be the genuine mile. And like mm-hmm. what you said, this is where we find out whether this is his go or whether. Uh, uh, the stable has to bring him back to a 14. That first up run was too good to ignore. Secret plan, yep. yeah. certainly was, yes. It certainly was. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. Mastermind 2.0, Kev, Kieran, Evans versus Callum Robson. All right, it's now time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition, BJ. That is correct, Guru. The Mundaring, it has been heart of the hills since 1899 located up on Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you're in the neighbourhood, drop in, have a chat to the publican in Butchie O'Connor. Uh, let him know you listen to the 1-1, one, one, feed, flutter, frothies, family atmosphere up there on Butchie's big deck. Goes off on the weekends. So uh, make sure that you support the great team up there at the Mundaring Hotel. Now, Terry, last week we literally ran out of questions before mm. – Kieran Evans That's eventually <laughs> he eventually prevailed over the carryover champ, Tommy Johnson. It was an absolute slugfest, that's for sure. This week, Kev, he squares off against his old mate, gun greyhound racing analyst, Callum Robson. Callum, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, Cal. It's good to have you on, mate. I'm uh, very excited that you've, uh, you've agreed to take on uh, Big Kev. I reckon anyone else you might have uh, shied from the challenge, but... I don't think we can use the word challenge here and uh, and uh, and feel comfortable with its use. But Cal uh, asked you before, how, how is your uh, thoroughbred knowledge? Um, I got you a message before asking there to be all greyhound questions, but unfortunately we couldn't do that for you, buddy. But how's your uh, how's your thoroughbred knowledge compared to the greys? Well, compared to greyhounds, it'd be um, terrible. But uh, I did did like my grey uh, my horses back in the day, so. There might be a little sweet spot back in around the 2018 month that might be able to do something. But, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully the questions are all right and hopefully Kev puts in his performance he did last week. <laughs> so, Cal, you used to be a regular at the uh, Ascot and Belmont. Are you st- do you still get out there these days or is it all about the uh, the dish lickers? Um, I, haven't, I haven't recently, no. Um, it's probably the first year in a while I haven't had actually got a membership. So um, I plan to get out there a few times. I've... Um, We've got a group of mates that always go out, so um, I haven't been out there recently, but um, I will be getting back out there soon. And uh, while while we got you on here, Kelly, might as well give your uh, your give service, a give it give it a pump up. Kelly Robson Greyhound Racing, what's like the printing money? I've been told, yeah, free money. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we we try our best, but yeah, it's going well. Um, the service uh, provides tips basically Tuesday through to Sunday every night, um, and 
yeah, it's going well. I think it's winning around about 20%, so uh, which is pretty good going and a little bit less on bet their starting price, but um, that's probably a good sign. So, yeah, if you are interested, buck to the brood at gmail.com. There you go. Is there so Greyhound so- Racing six nights, a, six nights a week, is there, in WA? Uh, there, there is seven. I just I had I take a day off on Monday. What are we going to do on Mondays, Cal? Yeah, <laughs> mate. What an uh, effort! They, I know. I know. It's sort of you've been a recent switch to the the, the Greyhound code, but you've really dived in the deep end, and you're doing really well. So hats off to you, mate. Congratulations! But this is all about the gallops here, mate. So we're going to put you under pressure, put you to the test, and the man who's going to well, he thinks he's going to put you to the sword, is our carryover champion, mastermind himself, Kevin Evans. Kieran, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back on after last week's display. Yeah, it um, wasn't. I'm... Yeah. Sorry, Kev. No, you keep going, Kev. I was just no, going to rip um... into you. I just couldn't wait. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was going to say I may as well get this off the bat. Um, so my performance last week was sad. Um However, I don't think it was as worse as my assumption on Western Empire not coming back. Yeah. So, um, you weren't the only one. Yeah, I think I got that one wrong. I think I got that one wrong. Well, I don't think you were alone there, mate. I think everyone had uh, the old kiss on top. And um, while tactics may not have suited, I think uh, we all had egg in our face. And uh, not often you see a, a sharp Cerise and White runner drift 220 to four bucks late the exchange. So. Uh, I still reckon your performance on the Mastermind was worse than that, Kev. <laughs> and a winning performance. Very dearie, me. Yeah, some, yeah mind you. Sometimes you just got to get the What does this say for Tommy points, Johnston? Hey. Yeah, you just, just got to play ugly sometimes. You uh, just got to win ugly. Yeah, I reckon, uh, Tommy sounded like he hit out a rough night last week. But uh, anyway, Kev got the chocolates in um, – it was uh, one of our highest rating masterminds, believe it or not. Mm. So, <laughs> Cheery, man. we had six listeners. <laughs> did you want to? Did you? Did you want to replay it? <laughs> Mate, so you, you re you, that was your second crack at the mastermind. So you uh, you did get bundled out in uh, round one, but you you bounced back to take the crown. Would you describe it as a dream come true to be the WA Racing Mastermind, Kev? Oh, look, it's something that I've. Um, I have thought about in the past before, and it just, it feels really good. Um, I would like to thank my family and friends for being there for me after mm. round one. All right, um, time to get started. Right? And, um, <laughs> uh, very good, Kev. Did you make it out to the races on Saturday or Tuesday? No, I didn't make it out to either day. Um, I had an event on Saturday and then Tuesday. I've done the, I got my final exam this afternoon, so oh, been hard in the books. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck. All right. So hopefully you've been uh, you've been hard in the record books uh, as well for the Faritha and the Listeria Stakes because we've got that kind of flavour leading into this Saturday's Ascot meeting. Boys, you you know how to play the game. Your names are your buzzers to be crowned this week's mastermind. You'll need to be the first person to answer three questions correctly. Challenger, are you ready? Ready. Mastermind, are you ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Okay. Who am I? Uh, I'm an 11-year-old grey gelding who, like a fine wine, just seems to get better with age. I've had 100 career starts on the dot and have amassed a tick over $500,000 in prize money. Since and including the 2014-15 racing season, I have won one 
I have won one, at least one race per season. I'll spit that out. While I've never won a listed race, I have won an Esperance Cup, an Albany Cup, and my most recent success was the 2020 York Cup. I've won 50. Kev. Kev. Kevin. Push and shake. Over no, you, uh, no, no, incorrect. no, okay, Over you, get, you, the, you get the lot. Okay, I've won 15 of my 100 starts with Lisa Staples, my most winning jockey with four wins. I am trained by Ashley Maley. Callum. Callum, who am I? It's not Barry's rabbit, is it? Oh, dearie <laughs> me. Dearie, 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 dearie <laughs> me. Oh, dearie me. This is going to be – we don't have enough questions again. Uh, <laughs> we don't have enough questions. What was the correct answer to uh, The correct answer is uh, push to pass, one of my favourites. Last uh, year's York Cup winner with the York Cup coming up. York Cup on Sunday. We thought it was topical, lads. But um, as, as they go past no. the base of Mount Bakewell, push yeah, to you pass. Got, you got the first four <laughs> letters right, though, Kev. That's something. And Callum – Dearie, mate, this could be a long old Barry Barry you Barry's rabbit. And in the right colour, though. Yeah, right dearie. Colour, right? Yeah. All right. Zero, zero. Next I feel like this is going to be a game of soccer. It's going to end nil all at 90 <laughs> minutes, I reckon. All right. Who ro- uh, next question, guys. Who rode the Velvet King to victory in the 2018 Faretha Stakes? Kev. Kev? It was Daniel Stakes. Oh, oh, very good. I've had a million to one for him to get that one. Well done, Kev. Wow, Kevin. You're impressive, buddy. Kev won. Cal yet to score. Next question. Barry's rabbit. Barry. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> sorry, I just need a moment. Sorry, Cal. I'm just I shouldn't be throwing you off in the middle of the comment. Just I'm coming back to Barry's rabbit. Wow. Okay. Question two. All right. Three. I feel a bit sorry for Kelly. Name the horse who finished second. To Kalaroo in last year's Faretha Stakes. Kev, Kev. Kev. Western Empire. Very, very good, Kev. Very good. 2-0. Come on, Cal. I'm still backing you in here. Off the canvas. Off the canvas, Cal. Here we go. Since 2015, Jim Taylor has trained four Lestia Stakes winners. How many of those were ridden by Jason Brown? Callum. Kev. Callum. Callum. What? Uh, I'll go three. Yeah, he's on the board. <laughs> there we go. He's on the board. Well done. Oh, well done. I want, I want that played back. I don't. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> certain that was. I'm absolutely certain that was Callum first. So just to just to recap: Avenida Madero, Jimmy Taylor, and Jason Brown in 2005. Idyllic Prince in 2009 was Jimmy Taylor and Jason Brown, and Magnificio in 2014 was Jim Taylor, Jason Brown. Jimmy Taylor and Famous Roman in 2010, that was written by Sean O'Donnell. So three of the four, you were correct. Callum, two, one. We've got a bit of, we've got a contest. It's back on. All righty. So uh, here we go. KC has raced six times since winning last year's Faritha, uh, Listia Stakes. How many times has she finished in the placings in those six starts? Did I hear Kev? Kev? Yeah. Uh, she fits in the place in zero. Yeah. yeah he's done it. Yeah. He's done it. Kev's come back to back. Kev's come back to back. That's a bit of a blight on the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Three to one. Kev, you are the mastermind. Once again, two in a row. Thank you very much. Callum, I'll, I'll take you for a meal. How's that sound? <laughs> That's my <laughs> <Yeah>. throat. <laughs> 
<laughs> Callum's, Callum's done well out of it, I reckon. Yeah. You, can, you can watch all of Barry, Barry's Rabbits replays it's, uh, <laughs> over, over, over a nice beer. Uh, Cal, thanks for being a good sport and coming on the 1-1. Apologies, there, there weren't really enough questions in, uh, in your wheelhouse, in your sweet spot, as you said. But, um, yeah, the, uh, they are as they come out. And Kev came out on top. It was a 3-1 victory. He seemed a little bit more composed today, Kev leading into the, his final exams at uh, university. So both you guys got a big day ahead of you. Good luck to you, Kev. Congratulations. Good luck with your exam. Callum, terrific work with your subscription Greyhound service. And uh, I, th- I think I missed that email address. Do you want to run it past the listeners again? Yes, it's BusterTheBrute at gmail.com. Buster the Brute. The champion. The champion, yes. He's uh, going to be living on my couch. I think this week I pick him up. So. Oh, really? Oh, he's retired. Yes. Uh, not retired spelling on my couch at the moment. Um, he may make a return to, to – we have master racing, which is for if you're four and older, so may make a return to that. So. Ah, very good. Very good. Very good. Kel, thanks again. But, Kev, you are the mastermind, mate. You'll be uh, uni-free next Thursday. We'll be able to come back and try and make it three on the trot. Absolutely. Good man, Kev. Thanks again, Absolutely. Callum. And that is the mastermind. Run and one. Thanks, lads. Kev, got the chockies? Yeah, he did. Um, now, a little bit more authoritative, I thought, today. Uh, the Dan Steak answer, that, that's what I'm, I'm okay with. That was yeah. a tough one. I, I would have got that one wrong. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's time to knock him off his purge and put a big dog in next week, I reckon. Yeah. Let's get serious. We didn't, we didn't, we're not far. I know we're doing a few matey matchups. We're not far from going back to L Taylor. I wouldn't have thought if we're going to go down that path. Well, so I think I think those two are, uh, I think they're best mates, those two. So. Yeah, well, Ke- Callum. Lockie uh, would go around $1.04, though. I would. Yeah. I actually wouldn't want to be lucky going into that battle because you're expected it's, it's, to win. It's almost a lose-lose situation yeah. for him, isn't he? Yeah. So, um, yeah, here's Spotty. He's making his, uh, his weekly appearance. In the background here at one one HQ, but yeah, Callum listened to the mastermind last week and he's like, "I'm up. I want to take on Kev." So uh, yeah, we got the uh, the Kev and Callum combination. Uh, but yes, if you do want to have a crack at the mastermind, send us a direct message at Twitter at the one one pod on Twitter. Uh, we're always looking for contestants. We usually record between ten a.m. and eleven a.m. on Thursday morning. So the more the merrier, and uh, get someone on next week to try to knock Kieran Kevin Evans. Off his perch. And we are back with the uh, second half of the card for Listia Stakes Day. Race five is the Crown Sports Bar Handicap. Over the 1,000 metres, plenty of chances in this race as well. Bradley, doing the markets, doing the form for this event. What did you, uh, how did you summarise things? Was this the hardest race of the day to price? I was a little bit opinionated, but it was... It was the most enjoyable. You like it when those good horses yep. get getting together and take you. Wildly good for a sixty plus, isn't mm. it? Especially when you um factor in the the improvement of the uh, the young horses coming back, like Bopping Blue and Forever Autumn. Exactly right. It's um yeah no, this is a market. I when I went to do the market, I just thought I got, I got no real idea here. I'm just looking at your opening market now. You went up three seventy. Our markets were nearly identical with the way you've done. I had for debt to start at double figures. Um, just with the barrier, and I just thought it looked a really tough race to potentially give Bopping Blue, baby. Um, timely outburst to head start, but yeah, 370 timely outburst is is that the way sort of your 
Thinking? Did you have it getting across no, Taj Mahal into the breeze? Sort of, you also, you have to price on what you think market opinion yeah. these are probably yeah. why so short, timely outburst. And also Vedette to Star, it's, it's been a, a spruce course in the, I actually thought so it's what did first you, up So what one. did you come up under double figures for um, in that race? Sorry. In, Can you just read out what you oh, had okay, so uh, that was on. under doubles? Oh, under double figures. Lay price. Yeah. Uh, 7.50 for a swore, 3.65 timely outburst. 5.50 Vedette to Star, 4.60 Miss Vasari, $5 whopping blue. In other words- the darts are all in the similar yeah. area. Yeah, mm-hmm. four sixty. Miss Vasari is interesting. I, I think, I think she's seven at the moment. But I can see why you've got her so tight. Um, uh, but yeah, good, good contest. The pattern will be to the four again. I think I wrote that in my leg up. If you, if they're running on, then you can probably make a case for Vedette the starter to, to swoop. But if they're, if they're not, then it's sort of a timely outburst. Kind of race, isn't it? Popping blue as well. <coughs> Tommy Abbas is going to have to sit. It's funny. I mentioned yeah, where we last get? night. It's going to be in the three wide line. That's probably the spot to be. Mm-hmm. Don't know about leading it up <laughs> on a hot tempo, but um, yeah, Tommy, because I, I can't imagine they're going to town with Taj Mahali to hand up or whatnot. So you'd think um, Timely Outburst might end up three deep, no cover, which isn't necessarily the end of the world um, after the claim. But, so we've got um, Bop and Blue leading. Bopping would definitely should be late. Yeah, it looks looks very charge Marley comes across sits in the breeze. Yeah, but it's not impossible for timely outburst to find the breeze. Mm. That's that's a chance. I've I've allowed for timely outburst to probably be deep and that's the best news for Vedette Star. Yeah, three wide line. Um, yeah, hundred percent and a strong three wide line too. But um Can I ask you gentlemen a question? Mm. Who do you think was a better run last start out of Forest War and Vedette Star? Forest War. Forest War. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. definitely Forest War. I agree. Was a better run. I think it's just the Vedette to Star, we've got the Spruik on it, so it gets priced according to, to Spruik to some degree. So now Forest Wall got chopped down and then picked up again and sprinted through them. And um, look, I think it's about about eight bucks at the moment, isn't it, or something? Seven, seven fifty, yeah. Seven, seven fifty at the moment. I um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's probably even the big drifter because it's not as sort of fashionable or spruiky as as the other ones. But um, yeah, no, good, good race. But well, you got. You got so many horses with different form lines. You got, and you, as Brad said, you got the two youngsters fresh. You've got Mr. Sari first up. Uh, you got Timely Outburst first up. There's, if you're coming into this race saying you're confident, it's purely because you know something, or you're Adam Durant. And you think you, like I remember him last campaign saying Bopping Blue is his a special one. Or yeah. Something. yeah. So I mean, and you'll know you're going to be in front, so you know what time you can maybe run. So that's the only way I think you can have confidence in this race. But um, good one to be, good one to watch. Going to be interesting to see Bopping Blue coming off four. Sorry, three 400 meter trials leading up just to see what happens when he cops a bit of pressure in front, whether mm-hmm. he can absorb that being young and experienced or whether it sort of frazzles him and uh, leaves him a little bit vulnerable late. But looks a horse, and I don't think Adam and Pikey would be teaming up against the older horses if they didn't fancy their chances. Uh, Tom, the outburst, go back through her form. She's won four from seven, but I think she's run second to some pretty notables. So, real charisma. Uh, graceful girl, the spruker. Graceful girl, the spruker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you imagine that that's more 72 plus 78 plus form, really, moving forward. So, she's landing with the claim 56 and a half first up in that graduation. So, yeah, sort of looks really well well placed. It just depends how things turn out from a um, position in running map point of view. Miss Vasari first up can, can launch at them late. Vedette the Stars obviously got booming finish, but is she going to get too far back from 11 and will they be running on? It's lots of permutations this race. Any um, any other Dan Morton sprinters you remember coming up without a trial and <laughs> i.e. Will Chino and just absolutely blowing them away? Yeah, so. well, I mean, I think looking and seeing Dean Morton next to any horse at the moment is, a, uh, is definitely a positive and there's no concerns. Mr. Sorry didn't really come up on those wet tracks, mm. I think. I think there might have been a couple of 
behind the scenes stuff there as well. Yeah, I think so, we, we can yeah. just forget that. But uh, look, if she keeps wobbling out and gets out to eight, nine bucks, she's going to be the bet without doubt. Brad, Brad's price, he went up, was probably pretty close to my price at IMark Durat. So um, yeah, I'm content. I, this is one of those races where I just want to see a plunge on something that I'm not, that I, like a uh, timely outburst plunge or something to get belted into $2.50 and we get some prices for the other ones because I don't think anything deserves to start that thin here. Data tells um, you it might start around that price. It too, does. Yeah. A bit, Who yeah. timely outburst? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. It's uh, it's very interesting. If if Pete happened to pull out Taj Mahali or something, it changes the race. Like usually, doesn't yeah. it? You just think, well, can I? How much can we have on? But um, no, I reckon one horse right down the bottom as well. I know we've mentioned the majority of them, but pick your battles. Um, it's always been a serious racehorse, but obviously it's scratch got, from today. Yeah, yeah it's through wide today. Yeah. today and, uh, it's obviously got a few issues, but that run behind Treasured Star was huge. It's trial versus Vedette to Star was not, not necessarily any worse than Vedette to Stars. Um, but, yeah, it's a seven-year-old with nine starts, a lot of issues. But if it tracks Bopping Blue, you've got Taj Mahali in the breeze, and say Bopping Blue gives Taj Mahali a, a shake-off, it pops out and um, and puts a run in And whether it's good enough, I don't know. But, mm. um, yeah, if it gets out to 30 to 1, I'll be on it each way as well. So, yeah, might just back the field. Yeah, I think we've made things a bit murkier. <laughs> I, I I went for Vedetta Star on top in the in the leg up. Thousand meter horse, but again, it'll all be pattern dependent as to what I do um, betting wise. But uh, yeah, fascinating race. I think, as the boys said, a bit of quality here. It's going to be a good form reference moving forward. All right, race number six. Happy fiftieth birthday, Brad Mc. Oh, hang on. Happy fiftieth birthday, <laughs> Jeff Bailey. You like that one? That wasn't bad, was it? Um, happy birthday, Jeff. Um, very interesting, uh, interesting little race here with the return of two. Uh, well, two potential boom horses, I guess, with with Cockney Crew coming off a big trial over Too Close the Sun, um, and then Dom to shoot who. Uh, as I wrote in my little preview, it, it feels a bit rushed to me what they're doing with Dom to shoot here. It's it's trial Monday, trial Monday, a thousand nine fifty race on the Saturday, fifteen hundred. It's all a bit. Let's let's get back quickly. Let's see where we're at. Let's I don't know. We trying to have a ping at this before we go to the one week RJ to the I don't know. I'm not sure because I know it's nom for the the railway and and whatnot. But um, yeah, it all feels a little bit rushed with Dom to shoot. What were your thoughts on the trials, Bradley? Of Mm. Dominic, um, just looking forward to the cake, the 50, 50 candles on the cake. Ah, yeah. um, Dominic, sure, yeah, without gear, but it was without gear. The trial was in a bit of traffic, but it was, you'd say just, just wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, from a class point of view, if you go back through all his form as a three-year-old this time last year, it was sensational. Went to, when I had a Melbourne autumn prep, running a CSA's Australian Guineas and Pikey uh, steered him to victory in the Mornington Guineas. And like Terry says, it feel like, feels like they're chasing their tail a little bit with Dom Bichut. Maybe there was a, a setback, but it doesn't feel like – like he should have been – he should have already had his first up run by yep. now if he was going to – like he went around in the Kingston Town Classic and the WA Guineas mm. last last year. Mm. Uh, you would think that he's an 88 Raider, um, that he's sort of – there's feature races, but it's almost like the feature races of – Past him a touch. So, in terms of timing, so it goes into a ratings race here with 62 minus two for Lacta coming off two sort of average trials. It's, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having a look at him first up myself. So, mm. but, um, Cockney Crew, dominant eight and a half length winner, 1200 meter trial on the 28th of October at Belmont. But that's sort of been his MO in his comeback. He just keep continually 
mounts these comeback to racing campaigns and ends they, up and they wheel out the same article on Chris every time. Just different dates and different whatnot. This this trial did look different to me though. Shaking off too close to sun like that. I, I, I thought that was pretty impressive. So is, is Company Crew just a day to day proposition or is he just unlucky? Oh, wouldn't you I actually run into Kieran? He started yelling at me on uh, thing. No, as a joke. Yeah. He was a bit uh, a bit fired up. Uh, and it just wins apparently. Uh, they're pretty sure J Dub just wins. Oh, Jay, it's a day J Dub. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, look, even at its Best like 62 and a half first up at 1500 meters. It's a pretty big ask, with Laurentino in the race as well. With Laurentino popping over to the breeze, uh, you'd suspect. Um, you know, you'd have to be Cockney, peak Cockney crew to, to roll. Win. Wouldn't you love to see too close to sun first that race first to see how it goes? So you could just get a little bit of a that's, guide. <laughs> that's bang on. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, too close to sun was well, not given the hardest trial by Joey, but he asked for a little bit, and um, yeah, no, didn't give didn't give a huge amount. But so the one thing I was saying, Cockney Cruise is a really nice. You would want to find a race you're going to map well in. There's never going to be a race with no speed whatsoever. Well, there is, but rarely. But last start, last campaign, he got caught up against Trap for Fools and got caught up against That's, That's Funny As and all yeah. those type of horses, you know. First up, mile last There's no, there's no pressure here. Laurentino's not beginning that well. Yeah. So there's no – and they won't try and take him on. So Laurentino will be very happy just to pop in the breeze. Or even if uh, if they don't begin that quickly, they can – or if they go super quickly on Cockney Crew, they can park in behind him. Yeah, get the switch so, screen, yeah. Mm-hmm, Which probably leaves the one I'm pretty keen on, and I'm looking at Brad's opening price, he probably is too. It comfort me probably in a – it's a tougher spot to win from the Braves. I still think he's good enough, though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think this is uh... – The funny thing is I marked him the exact same price last start and I got six bucks. So I'm marking 260. I'm taking 320 here. So this is when I lower investment because I'm not getting as much value and I'm a little bit more worried about the map. But um... Can you stop looking me straight in the eyes when you talk about the early price you got about uh, comfort me? <laughs> well, in saying that, though, I, I took, what did I take with you? Seven bucks. We had a little mm. bit of seven bucks. It jumped over $6, $6 on Betfair. Yeah. So at the end of the day, see, I I think me and you we judge we judge it a bit differently because I, I always judge it on the what they jump at. I remember after I backed with you, Roman Flirt, a few weeks ago. I took the six bucks as a saver. I liked something else in the race. I can't remember what it was. And um, oh, Alimentaria. And you were like, oh, like are you backed the winner. Or I was like, yeah, but it jumped at eleven dollars bet various piece. I feel like I'm back the loser. It's a different way. It doesn't of, doesn't help the early figures. No, it doesn't help the early. You love your early figures. Doesn't, doesn't, yeah. doesn't help Brad's KPI. Brad loves it. His, his rent depends on it. He'd be the type of bloke that would be happier with with six overs, none for none, than ten overs, three for forty five. Would you? Mm. You'd be an economical mm. bowler, I reckon. I was just a shit bowler. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, can we throw one out, lads? On the back up, down force back 100 metres, just looks oh, – no. you look at mapped horses and you drops the weight. It's just <laughs> – it's going to be on the back of comfort me, I Ooh, think. Are we going to allow this too? Oh, no, down force. <laughs> We're not allowing the name down force anymore, are we? I mean, gee whiz, in saying that, we've just uh, – yeah, no, I've, I've – me and down force, have, we've had enough. We're not going to spend any more time together. Usually when I say that, they bolt in. So, yeah, I reckon it might be smart following up. Tell you what. Comfort me, that first up run behind Secret Plan, uh, excellent, had no luck, Lots, everything went wrong, went to that 1,400 metres, very fast race, and he was dominant. That was a terrific display, uh, well-ridden, aggressively ridden by Mitchell Pateman on that occasion, but, geez, he was strong. The time was there. Uh, the only thing that might bring Comfort me unstuck, although he did sort of tough it out, breezing on multiple occasions still winning last prep, is if, 
he does get left in the breeze in a really, really oh, no, fast, fast tempo. If, if Cockney Crew exposes him um, with, with sort of that brutal sort of mid-race stuff. But I just think this horse is going places, comfort me. He just looks like he's heading in a really, really positive direction. And um, he's a black type horse for sure for me, comfort oh, me. I, I think reckon he, about four starts ago I was saying he's yeah, a black type horse. Reece Radford. Star. I'm actually upset he hasn't. I reckon this was a railway year for it. Genuinely, I reckon it was a lightweight throw at the stumps railway chance this year. Yeah. Seriously, I know now it's probably one week too late. I almost thought he would have held off this week and gone to the RJ next week. Maybe if it Tried wins, he might back. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a double back. Yeah, that's three weeks in a row. So, um, but fair enough as well. It's he can maybe, go through the grades, win a lot maybe, more money. Maybe this Carbon Club, maybe that might be his. Race. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. I don't know. I just I'm of the opinion that it's a, it's a great year to. Have a throw at the stumps. I think it's it's raking from last week as well. It was one of the the better ratings. Yeah. Um, it was strong. Yeah, it was strong. very strong. Well, Playing Marika came out in one last. If you see Mitchie getting was... down for fifty three or something, you know he might be a, a proper horse. Playing Marika. Yeah, I'm, yeah, pretty keen cover me here. I think he's just a horse yeah. on the way up, and he's got him covered again. Really surprised yeah. Terry didn't take the chance to trumpet very loudly about his playing Marika declaration. I saw it in there. Yeah, he didn't you gave him the chance. Normally, he likes just smacking them through the boundary. Hey, that's oh, okay. There's been too many to remember recently, anyway. To be honest with you, so and we're saving we're saving the best for last again today. By the way, so I do apologise to everyone in the car on the drive back from Northern Cup as well for getting. Um, how long did you have that song stuck in your head? Yeah, I think just on work. repeat. I had. Uh, What's that? Who's well, Vanessa Brown? Well, oh, in the, Vanessa I, Williams. I, I was carrying on about saving comfort me all day about saving the best for last. And then, um, yeah, I don't know, just decided to put it on repeat for the drive back from Northern Cup. It was a, uh, yeah, it was quite the quite the journey. I enjoyed it, though. I actually really enjoyed the, the song. I can listen to it multiple times. <laughs> You're right. I'm just very content with it. Um, but, yeah, the biggest thing, yeah. all I'll say is before we go from this thing is I – Mark's Dom Deschutes second favourite, and I I don't want to back it. Yeah. Like, even if it gets the wobbles out to eight nine bucks, I don't, I don't really want to be on. Like this was, and I Mark Cockney Crew third favourite. I just struggled to find like what beats it. Mm. Like Bad Wolf's going around again. I do like Bradbury Willow Barrier One. I think it gets a yeah. softer run. It gets a nice tone. But it, if you compare it to last run to Comfort Me, it's going to need Comfort Me stuck in the breeze and paddling late. Yeah, yeah, it's going to need Comfort Me to come back a pair good. Yeah, uh, which is very yeah. much a possibility if you do get stuck in the breeze on a hot tempo, especially if we, if we get this day where. Um, you want to be uh, with cover. Don't forget, some days you can't. If, if it plays as it might, potentially has been doing with the rail, this spot with the wind as it is, you haven't been able to race with that cover and win horse races. And that's when I would always mind them if they ride comfort me. Dead cold. Just, just see if you take a snag, get out the back and, and, and whip around him at the five or something. So, um, But, yeah, all things being equal, it's going to win lots more races. Comfort me. Agree. Race seven, the first of our features, it's the Drum and Golf Faritha Stakes. For the three-year-olds, 1,400-meter colts and geldings en route to the WA Guineas in two weeks' time. There's been some really, really good horses win the Faritha over the years. Kalaroo. Kalaroo, Red Can Man, the Velvet King, Money Maha, Disposition, won a, uh, won a Faritha. It's been, uh, it's been a good race over the journey and is always a good pointer towards the, uh, towards the WA Guineas. However, this year's edition does feel a little bit on the thin side with the weight of uh, quality seemingly more in the Phillies division in this year's, at this stage of the year anyway, in this year's three-year-old ranks. But uh, we do have a very smart individual heading the market. It's a radar pummeled in betting uh, for the Belgravia Stakes last start. Uh, ended up getting exposed in the three-wide line, uh, launched into the race, hit the front, but then just couldn't withstand the, uh, the finishing, the strong finishing burst of Search and Rocks. She's then gone on and run second in the Burgess Queen on Tuesday. 
eats the radar. The real the form really peels back after after this fellow, doesn't it? And um, he does look to have this race at his mercy. What price do you go up? It's a radar, Brad. Uh, two thirty by the mm. looks of things. Two thirty. Yeah, and uh, support. support. Yeah, I, I think understandable as well. He got backed like that with bloody uh, Arcadia Grace and a few other ones in the race, Searching Rocks and a few other ones in the race. So there's just. I can't see where else a huge amount of money is going to come for here. Um, 210, 205 at the moment. It's a right aim. Yeah. So it's, uh, look, it's about my price. I'm $1.90 and I probably couldn't have got him um, a huge amount longer than that price. Um, yeah. Not many horses can sort of absorb the pressure or do the work that he did and um, still give a kick. It was Soleil like. Um, I felt like last campaign, mm -hmm. Soleil was doing that work and then accelerate. Not many horses can lead and accelerate mm -hmm. off a dime like that. So um, better horse with cover, I think he'll be as well. But, um, yeah, should be winning and winning well. Um, I was just more interested in the rest of your market, and I, I'm pretty what's interested the, in playing some exotics here. What's the speed in this before you get onto that too? Because I feel as though your 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 exotic thing is going to be sort of well, um, it's going to be parallel. It yeah. is, yeah. Well, I, I'm I've got he's gold second favorite or equal second favorite with Devoted, um, and that's on a speed map point of view where they'll roll forward. And he's uh, gold's last two runs have been so much better than they read yeah, on huge. paper. Like I. I'm surprised it's out. It's getting out. It's only drifting. I think Brad went up 12, 13 bucks. It's up only 10. 10, did you? Yeah. And I, I actually I hovered. I considered. I thought, no, check some patience. Now it's up to 20. I still haven't pulled the trigger. Um, but, I mean, it, it's a day where if they, are, um, if they are finding it difficult from the front, because I do think they'll probably go back to going to the top when you've got such a soft map. Um, that you probably don't want to be on, but yeah, how, how will they ride it if, if it is a day where that's what is occurring? Um, but yeah, I think he's gold's been massively missed. I don't can't see how he's doubled the price of a horse like success player who yeah. beat Fields Danish, like, and then it won a maiden before that, just getting over Market Strike, who races pretty shortly. And um, yeah, and then I mean, but the other horse, Stay Safe, won a horribly weak maiden as well. Pale Rider it was 45 days ago, I know it won well, but that was a long time ago to be half the price of his gold. I don't think his gold deserves to be longer uh, in the market than any mm. of them. So, um, yeah, an exotic race for me. I think it's a Ray Day will win. I think his gold will run a huge race on top three. I think multinational will run top four. Um, really? I thought multinational was poor the other day. Uh, did, I love when they snagged. What did you see in that that I didn't? Well, fir its first ever run was over the sprint journey as well, and yep. they snagged it. Brad snagged it from a wide gate. Um, it was beaten a fair way. Beads came out second up, up to the 1,400 metres. One comfortably beat Bandelier Rabot, who was in really good nick at the time, put it away, uh, mm. then came out third up over the 1400. Again, ridden, second a, again ridden aggressively, yeah. did all the work from 13. Search and Rocks had its back, and um, yeah, it was under a half length Search and Rocks, uh, which obviously now looks like pretty sharp form. So mm. just think it's going to be um, a better horse ridden on speed. I mean, by the time they were off and going, it was 10, 15 lengths off them the other day. So, and he just sort of just sort of plotted to the line. I think some horses need to be ridden in a certain way, and I think Brad Parnell will be aggressive here in multinational, land in the first few. And Do you see I don't think it's got to kill, kill a blow, but yeah. Uh, no. Who you got leading? Oh, I thought, oh, maybe a bit biased, I thought his gold would go to the top. Okay. I oh, thought they yeah. might. Um, such, um, I wonder if they'll make an announcement about mm. his gold soon as they No, I don't, they, they, yeah. they need to. Uh, well, that's this, this is what I want to because he's gold's a leader, but it's been drawing wide in races with a stack of speed. Like, actually, I reckon if they ping the lids in those runs, they might have gone forward still. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that they, they have to, to make an announcement. I, I reckon they'll at least try and look for a spot a lot close with he's gold. But yeah, if you're backing his gold each way here and the track's playing nicely, or you can win and lead, uh, lead and win. Um, you definitely want to be leading on his gold, I reckon. Okay. Um, can we talk about Pale Rider? How how good must you have a horse going to not trial it and put it in a fair ether? 
Yeah. Like, it's not – it can't be there for a look around. Well, Champagne Dane came out and won the um, won its next two starts uh, and won them pretty well. So the form actually added up out of it. Um, it was probably stiff to be beaten at its previous start. But, oh, and yeah. he's already got one in the race, he so can, it's not um, like he had to put it in another Yeah, if, if, he can, if he wins, he can he can have my money. <laughs> yeah. What, he can if, have what, my do, money. what do you think of Devoted? Winkers on, uh, got the round 30 bazoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Draw a barrier and I'd be And that's the form race right yeah. now. Yeah. Like numbers wise. Yeah. Hardly ever. And then Ladies of Vamp uh Vamp was a few lengths further behind. It came out and won its next start, beating Bridget. It was stiff, by the way. That horse gonna win lots of races. I actually you like the way that I mean, I thought the last bit of devoted was pretty good mm. in that twelve hundred and you know what the Cerise and White are like when they get fourteen hundred plus. So mm. and put the winkers on them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will like the increase in journey. It's just a barrier, isn't it? Yeah, draws a nice gate and and uh, gets the right suck run on its radar. And you never know with the Cerise and White, but for ten, you're going to need a big off pace day and it's a radar to be leading up the breeze or something like that. I don't know. You're trying to find ways to get a beaten, really. Expecting to see a bit more from Export Man second up. Mm. Uh, been a bit of a uh, slow start to his prep. I think. Old SJ Wolf will be looking to have him peaking Guinea's day back on level weights. At the moment, he's really unsuited on the set. Not really unsuited, but we can't really win these races with fifth, with with weight, giving these horses who haven't done it yet. But up to a mile, I think that's the that's the day that old uh, Steve Wolf will have at Export Man Cherry Ripe right, ready to go. But looking, for, I want to see him hitting the line anyway. That wasn't. I was, I was trying to decide what I reckoned about that yeah. run. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But we'll learn a lot here. I mean, yeah. it's a great day, especially if it does play as um as predicting it's a good day to pop out the back and try and get past half the field. A lot of these are maiden winners, so it's not impossible export man can run into a place here. I'm just with this fence sitting late and I'm not I'm not used to this sort of Oh no, I've already declared your trifecta. That's what I'm doing here. Well the thing is what price are you it's a radio badge? Uh where are we? It's a ray day. I was Oh, I was 225. Yeah, so you were 225. Brad's gone up 230. I'm $1.90, so I'm talking – I'm not going to hop in at 210 when I'm $1.90. That's just not uh, – that doesn't excite me all that much. So say it gets backed and then we – yeah, you look to try and get it beaten, which I don't really want to do because I think it'll win. You are right. I'm sitting on the fence very strong. I can feel it now the more I'm talking. But, no, I'm going to uh, – I was, I was $10. It's it's a I was $10. He's gold. What were you? Mm. Seven fifty. Yeah. Eight bucks. Eight bucks. Yeah. I'm going to um, do a straight-out trifecta. It's a radar. He's gold. Multinational for a million dividends. Okay. Yep. Right. I like it. Uh, his gold is definitely worth a play at that price. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. I don't know why I just keep looking at that and not backing it. I'm just like, oh, that's so far above my price, but I feel like I'm just throwing money. I don't know. Anyway. Just rambling now. There's <laughs> a first for everything, BJ. Race eight, the Waroa, Lestia Stakes, group two, wait for age. 1,400 metres last year, KC, Star Exhibit, Gadding, Silver Stream, Perfect Reflection, Blackheart Bark, Magnificio, Lucky Grey. The honour roll is awesome. Honourable. Awesome. There's, uh, it's been a great way for age lead up to the railway stakes historically, and um, we see Regal Power, W Derby winner, Railway Stakes winner, All-Star Mile winner. Did he get back to something like he's heading towards his best? First up in the Lordly Stakes, ran home quickly in a very slowly run affair. Uh, William Pike goes back on, meets all these on better terms under the weight for age scale, and he's gone up favourite on uh, the Bradbet market. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, when I saw your market for this, I knew you hit the nail 
pretty much on the head. Um, you had to price Regal power favourite. My question is, do you think it's the same horse? And it doesn't probably have to be the same horse won an all-star mile or a railway, but do you think it's very close to that horse or are we still 30% away or 20% away from being that horse? I don't, but this is probably the best conditions you're going to get. You're gonna, you've got Pike on, you've got the weight switch with all the other runners, mm-hmm. you've got the fitness improvement. Um and it's not going to be the – it's not the field that the uh, Kingston Town is going to be. So if there's a semi-final or the grand final, then this is probably it. Yep. Yeah, I see that very much so. It's – um, yeah. It just yeah, his nagging feeling that he's just not not, he's not been the same the animal. He's he been has through been the through the wars. And he's not four It's a bit like Spotty yeah. getting his bath earlier, wasn't yeah. it? You should have seen the listeners there. There's Spotty had a bit of a bath before because he had some um, some shit dags in his uh, – in his uh, – in his coat, he obviously <laughs> ate something that he shouldn't have eaten, and um, so I got the the bath people around, and um, yeah, no, he wasn't too keen on the on the bath. So, geez, where where am I going? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> losing it. Go back to Regal Power, BJ. Take over. Well, he, he has to have he has to be an inferior version to the Spotty one, or the, the, the one that we saw win the railway and the All Star Mile at four, because of just how much punishment he's taken. He's been across mm. the Nullarbor and back again. He's had setbacks and injuries and. But you just got to trust. It's a trust thing, isn't it? Yeah, you got to trust. Well, the team Williams, trust William Pike, Bob Peters, but also trust what you saw in the Northerly Stakes and just the way that he let down late. I think he ran the second fastest last two hundred of the day, something like that. It was it was just great to see him have that bit of dash back. Yeah, and the market said he was not going to perform to that level. Did you see no. that the late price was upwards the door, of 30, 30 to one. It yep. was a huge drift. Who was the favourite that one? That was, uh, Dance music, mass and Oh, yeah. So it was a market that sort of – it's funny when you, you go, oh, there was a real hot pop. There wasn't a real – That was the race at Western Empire. Yeah, scratch so there wasn't a real hot pop in that race. Yeah. I, just, I think Dance music just about started favourite. So that type of drift is even more Was it Dance music on the road that same? And Massimo was that out a little yeah. Yeah. yeah, so no, interesting stuff. I, I, I'm i three – well, I initially marked at 350. I got out to 380 after I did a bit of – Bit of wiggling. I don't think I wanted to be on, so I, sort yeah. of, I think I moved my market and to, to suit myself a little bit. I found this race really settings. hard from a market point of view. I was 370 Regal Power, then I had a bunch of them on like 550, sort of 750, mm. trying, to, trying to rank them and find a spot for them in my mm. 100%. But yeah, it was just, there's just a bit of a nagging feeling that this, that usually you can, the, the weight for age form was sort of, you can sort of bank on it holding up. But I, I don't know, it just feels a little bit sort of wonky. I don't know. Um, yeah. But you got to trust dance music to perform. She just she turns up every time, as does Valor Road. They're going to land in the first four, going to give themselves every chance. Then we can look to take on dance music this time, though. Yep. I think last time was its race, a uh, little weight swing negatively, drawn wide, a bit more work early. Um, we can't, it's a race you can't do a speed map for. You, well, don't, know if, you don't know if the Velvet King's going to actually jump yeah. out the gates <clears> or not. Can we talk about too close to the sun? Yeah, we just have to watch it go around. Yeah, even yeah. at its best at weight for age from the widest gate, that's a hard body ask. So yeah. after an ordinary trial, we just yeah, for beats you, it beats you. So bad. I, I, heard, I, was, I, I heard twenty Lin- to one. I heard Lindsay Smith on on Tab Radio recently after the trial, and he wasn't impressed no. at all. And he I said, had Joey on the- he, he said we're going to have to do some work um, with this horse at at home and yep. get it to switch on a bit because he said that, that was a disappointing trial performance. So. We had Joey on the edge before that trial and he said he was very looking forward to it. I think the horse has come back better than last campaign. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it just needed a good solid hit out. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. It was my early pick for the for the railway. So, um, but yeah, I think you just have to take it on on the back of that trial. And you got, you got some really nice horses. You said landing in the first few. Massimo, mm-hmm. I think, would be a better horse with Cover Valor Road pops in behind him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be looking 
to go a little bit left of centre. And the horse, it's a bit of a second up specialist. You know, well, Casey didn't come back in the Belmont winter campaign. And you mentioned that Regal Power finished really well. Casey ran the quickest last two of the race. Mm-hmm. Um, but Casey, before that, her last three first up runs were last year's last year. Uh, the Burgess Queen last year's North Lee, I think, and the Belmont Guineas. Yeah, they were her last three second up runs, and and she obviously oh, won sorry, one. second up. Yeah, yep, and they were she obviously won all three of them really well. I thought last time she didn't look that impressive in the trial or first up. I thought this time she was really good first up in a pedestrianly run mm. uh, race, and I thought her trial was really really nice against some good sprinters like Plutocracy. Uh, Plutocracy. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I think, again, I'm a lot of these you don't need to pull the trigger on. Not, there's not going to be any money for KC yeah. earlier, I wouldn't have thought. Um, but if they're making ground down the centre of the track, a bit like Poulton Sands earlier in the day, it's one I reckon is going to be worth a ticket at $20 plus is, is KC. So. What about mm. this, uh, like Dan Morton, he can do no wrong, wrong at the moment. What about this jockey booking for uh, number seven? Tell him we're coming to hoop. Little known hoop by the name the of Jared Noski. What's he doing? He'll have the, the lightweight saddle for the 59 <laughs> too, wouldn't he? Jared um, Noski has dusted the boots off his back. He's got a ride in the group two. And then I is he is he gonna ride rock magic in the winter bottom? Is that the is that oh, the go? That's a, that's a good call. I reckon he I think he has to, doesn't he? Yeah. This is know. this all feels like it's building up towards a, a crescendo in the winter bottom stake called that, rock magic. That would be something, wouldn't it? I think, yeah. I think that's why it's it's got like that's the way it's headed, surely. I think again, Clint said something on the lines of he if he went really well for him last week, then Rock Magic was going to be his ride okay. in the winter bottom. Right. Um, just- and his run last week was probably so so, just yeah. in a comparison comparison to Elite Street. So oh look, I, I reckon knowing that team and knowing how they love a good fairy tale and the fact they're probably going to go into the race at 40 to 1 with Elite Street going around pretty thin and some up and comers like Triple Missile doing battle if they get a start. Um, yeah, I reckon they'll go for the fairy tale. Mm. Why wouldn't you? Mm. So, yeah, Jared's been breaking in horses, educating horses, training his own horses. So he's sort of – he's uh, got the dual licence now as a trainer jockey. And um, But Dan Morton has uh, thrown him the, the bridle and said, do your best, tell him I'm coming. Uh, racing really well since he's been transferred to, to Dan Morton and stiff in the Northern Cup. Don't know about him at weight for age 1,400 metres, but then he, he, he goes around, he has a pipe open, and then he gets into the railway on the limit. And you, you never know, especially stable in form, but – yeah, I found this a really, really tough edition of the last year. Usually it's like a six, seven, eight horse field. Mm-hmm. You can pick the eyes out of it a little bit, but there's a f- few more sort of variables in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I end up with Massimo on top. I don't know if it's a great race for them to win, to be honest, in terms of a, re-handi- uh, a re-rating that could impact what weight they get in a railway. However, they did pay 150000 for this fellow, and it's a $250,000 race, so it's a nice chunk of money to, to leave on the table. So... Massimo had the bar shoe on when beaten by uni time in the uh, blackout bar and then he was he just got do you reckon the rail was a bit off that day Terry when he led them up and dance music got over the top of him yes, so yeah, I think he was the only right. horse on the rail that might have figured in the finish for for memory so I the think negative that, is they walked the positive yeah. is the rail was off yes so I think if he drew, drew outside dance, dance music yeah. and I think if Clint had have let Brad just roll to the yep. front and lead and he sat in the breeze. Roll that reverse. Lane, that, that lane would have been the difference in results. So yeah. Completely agree. So yeah, I think he's going really well. And the Ganges are flying too. You can see their horses they're really hitting the line. They're coming off a big double at uh, Ascot on Tuesday. And I think Massimo can uh find a find a spot, first four and running. Uh Terry seems to think that he's a better horse with cover. If they sort of roll along with a bit of cover, Massimo traveling sweetly, I think he's gonna fight out the finish anyway. We haven't mentioned the Velvet King. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's loves a, it. Loves it fresh. Yeah. Ticks a lot of boxes. What about his 400 meter record? It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so. just about getting out the um 
getting out the machines. I was I watched yeah. back and watched the trials. One of them he missed him in. One yeah. of them he missed it in. So um, yeah, obviously Chrissy Parnham's now got that job, not Mitchell Pateman. But um, yeah, if he can kick up, if he can kick up and lead, and it's not a bad day to be in front. He's always going to be up. Yeah, there, passed away for age. Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's, so. it's a really good race. The fact we're going in four dollars the field, it's a um, yeah, cracking little race to see who might be second favourite in the railway stakes. Just about. What do you got, Brad? Yeah, I had Regal Power on top. I wanted a better price, obviously. The more now, but the um, that'll be interesting. And and if you do get it, do you want it then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't worry about a drift from that yard, surely. Yeah, like, fair point. Yeah, so, I wouldn't so, think yeah. that's the issue. Um, the one I probably want to be on is like each way Valorade if you get the price. Mm-hmm. It's been a very targeted prep and they keep saying the coat's not right, he's still coming good and he hit the line really well last start. So from an each way perspective. Um, yep. And I know there's someone on Twitter that agrees because I absolutely shit canned the market on the uh, – I don't know if you guys saw that on no. Twitter. Oh, it was just – some guy go, oh, oh I didn't say that. Power yeah. too short, Valeroid's the wrong price. Oh, thanks, yeah. for your, thanks for your input, oh, Chad. Good, good yeah. to see you're, uh, you're paying attention to everyone on Twitter as well. That's good. We can get we can get under your skin. I'm just learning. Well, you're already, yeah, you're yeah. not just learning already that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> usually Velvet King's the money horse every start. So it'd be interesting to see if it comes um, hard for the Velvet King this time again. Mm, Valeroid is uh, he's just quality, isn't he? You just know what you're going to get from him and, and uh, seems to really enjoy the – these, the combination there with Brad Ruwillo as well. But you're right, this dance music in Massimo sort of left him off the bridle chasing and then when he got to got to business late, I think he closed closed really well, got to within a length on the line. So, yeah, you, I can see where you're going there with Brad. What, what price Valeroad? Uh, yeah, I'd like – if I could get $8 each way, that will probably be my play. Very good. All right. Who are you with, Beach? Massimo. Massimo, Valeroad, KC. All right. All right, Bradley, what's it time for? I have to get out stakes. How do you spell that? I don't have a dictionary on there. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to cook it. Uh, is, that, is that a password? Oh, oh, I wish I did. Are you actually pulling your phone out to spell it to get hey, the dictionary out? No. no. Oh. <laughs> I think he's pulling his phone out to have a, uh, have a punch. But I'll, I'll help him out. It's S-T-E-A-K-S-B-J. And who's it proudly brought to us by? Proudly brought to us by Market City Meats, the extremely popular get out stakes. Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Market on Bannister Road. Drop in and see Timmy Hewitt and his team. They are the best in the business. So uh, out there at the Canningvale Markets, Market City Meats, and they will take care of you 100%. Congratulations to our one episode 100 winner, Darren Johnston. Darren had temptation to win by 0.69 lengths, and he was closest to the official 0.69. Six four length. That was a blanket go, actually. And Darren came out on top. Congratulations, mate. Hopefully, you've been out there to collect off uh, Timmy Hewitt and you're enjoying your gourmet beef package from Market City Meats. Now, to enter this week's edition of the Get Out Stakes, race nine at Ascot on Listeria Stakes Day. Send us a tweet at the 1 1 pod. Let us know who wins the Get Out Stakes race nine and a decimal winning margin. Two decimal places preferred. Terry, we can never forget the Sam White rule, can we? Uh, the Figazi first past the post. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam White came and said Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, I saw Sammy. And, uh, saw Sammy. Met a couple of his mates, Luke Knight and um, and the boys there. They came and said hello and uh, um, congratulated us on our uh, milestone last Saturday. It was good to see all the boys up and about finding a few winners. And, uh, yeah, and so let's uh, – speaking of finding a few winners, let's uh, try to get out if we need to. Hopefully we don't have to. All right, let's get started on race nine. The Amelia Park Handicap, 
1,200 meters ratings, 66 plus. It's good to see, full field of 16. Trace the starter in the get out stakes. Our guest, Brad McManus, let's throw him under the bus to uh, to lead the analysis on the get out stakes. What do we got? We've got uh, Puli and Universal Pleasure going forward, probably Solarize handy, and um, really not sure after that. Surely, Terry, there's a some sort of three-wide line here. You'd think with 16 there would be boomtastic. Yeah. Uh, rolls forward. Starfield Impact um, jumped really well and went forward last time out. Um, they'll ride Shantor Cold um, from the Awkward Alley, I think you'll find. Jared Noski on board. A couple mm. of nice little rides to come back with. The old uh, tell them we're coming Shan Talk double before he wins the winter bottom on Rock Magic. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing I took, well, there wasn't a huge amount of speed, is I don't reckon the speed's crash hot. I don't think it's all that good. And the fact we're later in the day, it tends to be easier to make ground. Mm. Uh, the wind would have kicked up, so I looked for a horse off speed. Narrowed it down to Angelic Miss, the Figazi, Bright Diamond. Found the Figazi. And bet accordingly. And better, well, trying to bet accordingly at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, I think. So um, that were the three you found. Well, that was just the three off pace obvious runners here. Yep. There's so a couple what, of others. What did you price them? Uh, the Fugazi three sixty. Uh, Bright Diamond and um, Angelic Miss six fifty a pop. So um, I think just there's some bubbles. Is that we take a long time for the market to catch up with it? Maybe they're not quite as good as we think, or. What not in Bright Diamond's uh, trial? Uh, Western Empire, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. When did I say that? You, you and Pete were, were strong on it last. Well, last just because it was fit, yeah, and it, well, and it drifted out the door, so we got it bang on. No, you, 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 you said he beat Flash to Caddy. In his defence, yeah. it only won by nine lengths these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but we have seen a lot of these that start considerably shorter, yes. the Cerise and White Runners, and, um, yeah, betting against them. Can be a uh, and well, Brad's taking it on. You went up five bucks or something. You went up um, a big price, Brad Diamond, compared to the current quote mm, at least. Mm. Um, it's obviously shortened, which is. What'd you go up, Brad? Sorry? Uh, for, yeah, five dollars, Brad Diamond. It has to be queries. It was it was an okay run last start. Yeah, sure it was just a sort of battle, just battled to the line, and as after a month when its trial was pretty ordinary, I thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think. Look, I think she's a she's a nice enough horse. I just think the market overrates her a little bit, mm. um, and I'd. I think the Fugazi's going better, very simply. I think if you look at the Fugazi's run against Graceful Girl, chopped out in the straight and still got home into second. And then next time they, they walked um, when Paul Lee was a late scratching mm. after – what happened there? Was there a barrier malfunction? Yeah, if I, it was a false start. Yeah, barrier malfunction. False and start. I, Sean McGrady couldn't pull him up, which yeah. is understandable considering the type of horse he is. Yeah. Mm, Dickie Turpin. Mm. Um, and, yeah, then the Fugazi's – so last on a race where they've gone, what they go seven or eight lengths slower than bench to the turn and um, flooded home to run um, in a dead heat with Hot, Hot Z, Z, who yeah. should have been kicking and going close, as soon as they got it so soft from the breeze. So mm. the only two horses that beat him home that day, a magical dream, who I did definitely knock hard, um, and Secret, Secret Plan, who was huge. Um, so the three horses that have beat him home, a graceful girl, magical dream, and Secret Plan, his run's probably been the run of the race. Just about in both occasions. So, yeah, I think Barrier 12 is ideal. He went super Bradarilla first up. 
Um, he should have field position on Angelic Miss, and I think he's better than Bright Diamond. No concern he might be looking for the 1,400 at this stage. I reckon they're it? keeping into the sprint. So I looked at this as well, and I think they're keeping into the sprint journey on purpose. Mm. Um, and I quite like that, actually. They've come in a little bit targeted. The stable's in form. Um, I like everything about this. So We're going to need the ride from Barrier 12. Yeah. We get cluttered away. and. Bright diamonds off and going. Angelic Miss gets a circle on you. Then you're in a bit of strife. But um, yeah, I just knew I was going to get the price as well. And I'm I'm pretty keen. I'm really confident. Actually, it's my best of the day comfortably. Very good. Uh, I just thought this was a typical Pike Peters setup. Bright diamond um, comes out of that Wilcino race. Fifty-seven nine eight for the thousand there, um, floating along on on the fence. Nice little platform run leading into the second up twelve hundred meter uh, assignment from seven. He's going to She's going to have a field position on um, some of her main rivals, i.e. the Fugazi and Angelic Miss. So they're going to have to come from behind her uh, to beat her, which they, uh, on their at their best form, they're capable of doing. Look back at her winter form when she was $1.90, $1.82. She's run into, probably should have beaten Pooley, uh, ran into Comfort Me, and then ran into uh, Flying the Spruker. So uh, even though she's been beaten, she hasn't been beaten by uh, poor horses. So uh, the she has been... She has burnt plenty of people along the way, Bright Diamond. I'm talking uh, like someone who's been burnt. Yeah, oh, wow. <laughs> me, no, don't get me wrong, me too. But um, never misplaced in three runs, and I just think you just know what you're going to get from her. She's going to loom and she's going to hit the front, and just going to be depending on how strong she is to withstand the finishes of the Fagazzi and uh, Angelic Miss. So they're, they're the three. I agree 100% with Terry. It just to, 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 is Bright Diamond, does she have the quality to let go and hold hold them off late or will she get swamped like she has done in the past? So I think sometimes with Bright Diamond, William Pike has maybe um, been like when she's sort of bounced around and tried to ride her a bit closer than maybe she likes to be ridden. So from seven, from he, seven yeah. he, can, he can sort of land that midfieldish without actually mm. asking her mm. to do anything early. Uh, and then he can sort of just work into the race as, as Pike typically does, three wide, peel, uh, roll off the Ascot camber and give a good kick. So uh, we'll see what she's made of on Saturday. This is set up for her. If she's if she's, if she's she's the horse, I think she is. I think she can hold those horses off. If not, then she might just be a bit below my expectations. Mm-hmm. Bradley? I'll be um, looking for horses at <laughs> Probably aren't good enough, but we're getting cheap runs just behind mm. the pace and maybe cutting through the inside. Who are they? Uh, two of those being Solarize and State Attorney. Mm. Just at rough. I'll need a better price. Solarize, um, State Attorney already. That's that's enough. I think it's going much better than um, big last the numbers. Was in, I, I it was thought, four it, was, no, I thought it? it was a massive run. Mm. Yeah. So just um, they, they'll you know they bunch up. Was it the race was track. never on the track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Didn't think it had any right to finish as close as it did. Yeah. So um hoping they can just sneak through on the inside and be something to cheer for. I'll dip solar eyes for third, actually, in my mm. little little words. I um I don't think it'll run third, to be honest with you. I think I just <laughs> had a fill in it as last couple in Kalgoorlie. I wanted to uh how to good, mention that. How good's it going? A, a Brett, Brett, uh Drury's flying. Yeah, well. He's doing really well. It's beaten some thin ones down there, yeah. but like it's Smack over them. on the turn. Like yeah. it's just like Clint had to go earlier than he wanted to because it was just traveling that well. I remember um, Solar Eyes was a bit of a jump and runner earlier. Really, now it's a sort of land third, fourth, fifth, conserve and dash. So yeah. Got a bit more depth to it. It's just a, it's a shame it's coming to town on uh, during this time of the year. Yeah, you, it's so hard to kill. You can get some ordinary sixty-six pluses six months ago or three months ago. You know, we're coming to town, and this probably isn't as deep as sixty-six plus. But you're still talking. You got Shan talk, um, Angelic Miss. If you, you've still got some like real 
even universal with, universal with pleasure is going to be a chance. Absolutely, isn't she? On yeah. top, up on top Absolutely. of the speed, like consistent, tough, uh, low weight, um, drawn well. Second to Angelic Miss last start, you'd imagine she comes forward from a fitness point of view. So, yeah. Um, um, are we assuming CJP's chosen solar ops? Yeah, I looked at that actually. I think so. Well, what were the other options? Gunmetal was, Grey. Was a Fugazi an option or have I? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. I reckon um, that because Brad Willow rode the Fugazi first up. So my assumption was, and they like to, I've noticed with that camp, is they usually stick with the same jockey to a prep if they can. They like to be very loyal and very, a bit of continuity. So I'm presuming um, he's going back. Surely he has an opted for that. Surely he hasn't opted for them. It's gone that well. He might have, um, yeah, I don't know. You never know about the connections people have within the industry mm-hmm. and who's mm-hmm. mates with who and whatnot. But, uh, what weight did the Fugazi have last start? That might have been why it's CJP wrote it and Brad didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. 55 yeah. it had last start. So, uh, yeah. so maybe, and also, you know, they, they probably don't mind Brad Willer, heavyweight rider with the less dead weight in the saddle and the 58 kgs for the Fugazi. So. Stable to follow at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they are flying, the, uh, the Ganjimi brothers. So... Uh, for mine, Bright Diamond, I can see exactly where Terry's coming from, the Fugazi. Uh, Brad? Uh, just playing wide. Speculating. Playing wide. Yep. Love a good speculation, don't you, Radley? <laughs> give, give a uh, get-out-stakes tip and margin, Brad. Uh, I think it's one of his up. I won't need a margin. <laughs> state, state attorney, quarter of a length. Oh, he's, he's done it. Quarter of a length. Wow. 0.25, <laughs> you to say. That would have been un- that would have been unacceptable. Yeah, I think, um, I think BJ wanted his two decimal <laughs> points, Brad. Who? <laughs> yeah. What about you, Terry? The Fugazi. Uh, the Fugazi one point for two lengths. Oh, very good. I'll go bright diamond clinging on by point point two two of length. Oh. Okay. All right. That brings our preview to a close. We'll come back with our best bets, our maddies, and our laser of the day. Back for the finishing stages on episode 101, Lestia Stakes Day. Terry Layton, actually our guest, Brad McManus, what is your Betfair best betting proposition of the day? Or, um, we'll go out in, a, in my first and last appearance, go out in a blaze of glory and uh, go a little Dublay. You'll be back. Pure and devotion. Michael Dublé. <laughs> Very good. Pure <laughs> devotion into comfort me at about the $7.50 mark. They both. I like that. Look, the winners. I like it when there's a bit of value in the uh, in the best. Yeah, they both should be winning. Hope you're right. <laughs> Hope you're right. Hope we get out to the price on Betfair. BJ? Betfair best for me. Comfort me. At, at the current odds, three. I think that's uh, that's a good price. I, I reckon it's going to have a two in front of it on uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think so. Mm. We're just discussing it. I can't see where the money comes from. Um, I'll go here. The biggest value in the day, I think, is um, in the last, the Fiazzi. Um Yep, the Fugazi, my best. I don't even know if the – I think it's seven bucks at the moment. I, who knows? Could be better. I think I think that'll be best price. I'm not sure. You touch and go. Brad's a value hunter. Mm. Maddie's right up his alley. So we're looking at twenty-one dollars, twenty to one plus. What can you uh, can you throw a bone? You've been in good nick with your roughies yeah, lately. Even if they haven't all been winning, they've all been running far better than their SP. Um, yeah. So this is. This is where you need to listen closely. These backhanded compliments are getting you nowhere. <laughs> uh, we, um, we've got three, but uh, you've got one of them, Beach, so I'll let you have that one. We're going with uh, Downforce, and we're also going with State Attorney. Wow. Okay. Downforce and State Attorney. You're going to have a good day on the punt. Beach, 
My man, he, my man, he's, he's gold, as we discussed in the Faritha Stakes preview. Marked him $10, I think you did as well. I think he's currently $21, $23, he's gold. Uh, it's going to be tough to beat the fave, but if uh, the fave doesn't turn up for whatever reason, he's gold is as good a chance as any, I think. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. Bang on. Um, yeah, like he's gold too, but uh, I'll go with uh, in the other feature, race eight, KC. Um, I'll definitely be having a bet, just going to make sure they're making ground first, but uh, she runs her best races second up and think she's going well. Uh Let's try and try and get one beat. Our mm. lay of the day. I found it very challenging. Um, yeah, I'm genuinely battling to find a because I want to find one at a short price. Just I'll go with advanced in race number two. I think uh what were the other two runners? Not secret and Ponyo. Ponyo yeah. They'll dominate it. So I'll take on the Cerise and White at around four bucks advanced. That was more well, I was looking at a couple of Cerise. Nah, that's why White's I got one. in first. No, I was looking at a couple of Cerise and White's <laughs> one and I'll, I'll go with advanced as well. From ten's gonna get back if it's can get back. Run on and get past those two horses, then uh, fair play. Well done. Tip we'll of the cop, hat. We'll cop it. Yeah, Brad Mack. Happy to lay timely outburst at about the 3.30 mark. I think it's, it might be a um, data thing why it's so short, but there's a lot of potential and a lot of ability in that race. So, yeah. Keshaw is going to earn his uh, riding fee on timely outburst, I think. So, um, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how that plays out. So, uh, advance for Terry and myself and Brad Mack is uh, – Time the outburst in race five of the day. That brings the Steer Stakes Day to a close, Terry. Been a, big, been a busy one. Yeah, it certainly has been. It's um, I don't think I've got many words left, which is uh, which is quite standard for this time on a Thursday afternoon. But Bradley, thank you for uh, joining us. It's been long overdue. We were disappointed we couldn't get you in the first ninety-nine episodes or the first hundred episodes. But um, you know they say better late than never. Thanks for having me, Jens. Been an absolute pleasure. For we, even, we, even pushed, we even pushed back this show just for Brad. We did, like, yeah. Like, yeah, all the listeners will probably be grabbing this late because of Bradley, so yeah. they'll be hoping that, that the state that, attorney that, downforce double they're all hopping <laughs> into. That's how, much, that's how much we uh, we wanted the great man on the show. So. Nah, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, and um, I'm sure we'll be having many more days at the carnival. Cheers, the carnival. guys. I'm, yeah, I'm saving it for the railway stakes, personally, <laughs> from here on, but... Uh, Anyway, BJ, well done. Brittany, very exciting. Channel 10, well done to the lads in the mastermind. Bang, bang. Looking forward to next week. Get involved. Let's not care. Well, actually, I'm, I'm not even joking. I don't want Kev to win no, three in a oh, row. Kev. I don't no, think, he's, oh, I don't think he's good enough to win three in a row. Bradley is still so – we haven't even spoken about how salty you are about the, um, the Jay Rooney getting beaten by Jay. Yeah, he should say his eyes are watering with salt, aren't they, Brad? This was going so well until then. <laughs> <laughs> I have a comment for you that you can't read us behind a paywall. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, so, so does, is Brad got a berth at the did, – did he need to win the five to get a berth at the party? 100%. Sure. Yeah, well, he's, he's, in, he's, he's E1 at the moment. So yeah. I, Michael Heaton E1, but yeah. uh, he's moved into the, uh, the final field. At uh, this point in time, yeah, Brad's sitting at the emergency <laughs> one. So, uh, yeah, pray for a scratching or uh, you need to get your ratings points up, mate, something else. So, anyway, until next week on the 1-1. One, one.